0: Good morning everyone, you're tuned to Community Radio 3CR, time is just after 7.30 and of course you're listening to the 3CR Gardening Show. My name's Pam Vardy, first up we have to Welcome back, our intrepid wanderer, Stephen Ryan from Dixonia Rare
1: Plants. Morning, Stephen. Good morning, Pam, and good morning, everybody out there. And Yes, I've been very intrepid, actually, yes. thinking about it. Three yes. weeks leading a tour in uh, Morocco, which was a fabulous tour. I hate to tell you, Pam, but it was a great tour. You should have been there. Buddy. Hey, hey, <laughs> next year I'm already booked. Oh, are you good? I'm going
0: with John Patrick. Oh, that'll be fine. Yeah, yes. Yes.
1: So I'm all booked. Good, because it is a fantastic tour. So if it goes basically the way because, uh, I mean, they do refine these things and change oh, them yeah. slightly, but if it goes more or less the way that it went for Craig and I this year, it's a fabulous tour. Great. I mean, I, if I have any complaint at all, it would be that I saw the outside of too many ancient mosques. Oh, okay. Which you're not allowed into. No, you're not allowed into, <laughs> yes. and because they follow a similar floor plan, they all looked much the same to right. me. So after about the third or fourth one, I started sort of glazing over, thinking, oh, not another mosque. Yeah, uh, right. But that would be the only thing, and that's only for a very short period in sort of the middle of the trip, Mm -hmm. because when you start doing a bit more of the Sahara and those sort of areas, Mm -hmm. there's not as many gardens to visit, so we look more at ancient monuments. Mm -hmm. But Yves Saint Laurent's garden in Marrakesh is to die for, Um, and we saw some wonderful gardens in Tangier. Um, uh, It was just... Beautiful. And the weather was kind to us. And then, of course, Craig and I, being the adventurous ones that we are, when the tour finished, we said goodbye to everybody. We put them on an aeroplane and said ta-ta. Um, and we went for two weeks hiking in the High Atlas Mountains hey. with a guide, <laughs> a mule, a muley and a cook. And I walked to the top of the highest peak in Morocco. Through the snow? Through the snow. I had to put crampons on. Oh, goodness. Uh, and it's 4,167 metres high Ooh. and the third highest in Africa.
2: Whoa. You'd be walking with slowly there. Oh yeah, we get towards the top and we sort of take three breaths, take one step, take three breaths, take one step.
1: But I did get to the top uh, and I realised something really Very important good. from that particular exercise. Apart from the, uh, the amazing buzz of actually having accomplished something at my advanced years like that, um, I don't need to go to the top of mountains.
3: Because <laughs> once you get above plant line, yeah, um, it's not much else. <laughs> no, no, you've got rock, snow and a view. Yep. And my, you can see the, disp- yeah. And you can see the view
1: from lower down, so that doesn't sort of... Well,
0: in the view, you might be up in the clouds, you might not well, even get the view. <laughs> yes, yeah. So, yes,
1: we walk to the top of Mount Tupacal uh, yeah, very good. Uh, with co- quite a lot of people, I might add. It's a very popular destination to, oh, yeah. to walk. But a lot of people don't make it. A lot of people get part way up and start getting altitude yeah. sickness. Oh, okay. No, or so just a, find that they're not that, fit enough.
2: That's high, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah it is. Yeah, it's quite high. Yeah,
1: so, yeah, so we did that, but we saw wildflowers. I saw drifts of Narcissus bulbocodium, and petticoat daffodils. Um, uh, uh, Narcissus Watery Eye, which is a lovely white-scented, jonquil-style Narcissus. Um, I saw Gentian. Uh, oh, really? really? This Mountain, Gentiana Verna with its tiny little rich, rich blue flowers oh, so gorgeous. I saw all sorts of lovely wildflowers but I have to say I tried to eat my way through the goat and sheep population of um, Morocco <laughs> because they're eating their way through the high Atlas Mountains uh, vegetation Right. so there's lots of areas that are being completely destroyed so you thought I'll at least equalise this yeah, again yeah, that's right, I did my best I had lots of tajines <laughs> <laughs> so it was a great trip so, but Excellent. I am glad to be home again uh, and getting ready for the next one <laughs> (laughs) Yep,
0: yep, as you do and we'll come back and talk about that a little later. We must officially say good morning to Graeme Morrison. (laughs) Morning Graeme. Good
2: good morning Pam. And you've been uh, off
0: travelling too. Yeah,
2: that's true. I didn't get up as high as uh, Stephen here but... I did get to 3,000 metres in uh, Rwanda. Okay. Uh, up with the gor- gor- gorillas there, for goodness sake. Oh, wow. And, you know, even at 3,000 metres, I had to you know, walk a little while and then take a really good <laughs> b- 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 breath, so I think. But, uh, and it's funny, t- Graeme, because
1: it hits different people in different ways. Yeah, you can be the fittest athlete yeah, in the world yeah, and true, still true. get altitude sickness at a low level, yeah, yeah, or you could be sure, a decrepit old lady who can get to the top. <laughs> yeah,
2: that seems so to be the, the way it goes. Yeah, that's true. You look very fit even. The, well, walk, I, I, the walk must have done you good, I think. I did shed a few kilos and walking
1: six and seven and eight hours a day uh, over two weeks um, I became... Amazingly fit, so yeah. I hope I don't lose it now. <laughs> that's the trouble. As soon as you stop, yeah, yeah, you go back. But having said that, I didn't do any practice to lead into this. You know, so I didn't go out doing lots of walking around the area and stuff, okay. other than walking the dogs. Yeah.
2: and I got yeah. straight back into it. Yeah, yeah good. that's good. Yes, we did quite a bit of walk, walking too, with the African tour, right from Egypt right down to the Cape of Good Hope. Goodness, you covered so, quite a bit of ground. Yeah. yeah, that's, I that's true. was this the woman's week? <laughs> World Discovery no, Tour. No. About. <laughs> <laughs> Private Jet, if you don't mind. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah, He's living uh, the high life yeah, at the yeah, moment, it right, sounds yeah. like. It. Yep. But just a couple of highlights there uh, Rwanda Vol- Volcanic National P- Park, I think they call, call themselves there. Cones you can fly over in as Volcanic cones everywhere with the all terraced land, and and it looks so fertile and well done. You get down on the flats, and there's this beautiful, dark chocolate, chocolate volcanic soil. You know what I wouldn't do for some of that except live under a volcano. Okay, (laughs) a good good, good one. But then uh, down, of course, the Cape of Good Hope, which is renowned for its uh, uh, botany and. so many things, Pam, like your cape, cape, goosebumps and cape, cape, primrose and all those cape capes. So they got, looked up Mecca Boys thing and they had fifteen different cape, cape varieties of the common names. Sorry about common names, Sir Stephen. No, g- 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 oh, you know. yeah, we'll <laughs> to do something about yeah. that. Guys, yeah. There's some <laughs> no, no, no. streptocarpuses and your, yeah, some uh, right. phasaluses <laughs> and things like that. that's a bit better. Propius <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, C- certainly, uh, I think they—they they, they were, they, 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 they were saying, oh, "I didn't realise it, 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 it actually existed." But the, the, the world's six floral kingdoms, yeah, and, and uh, the Cape of Good Hope have got the, the, the smallest but the richest sort yeah. of thing. So oh, it's an so amazing floral. So flora. so, there's, there's so many different things there. They have a lot of yeah. oxalis there. Okay. Oh, yeah. For those who didn't know, <laughs> it's a, one of a, the world's <laughs> hot spots for the genus. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's a nasty now word. everyone will run a mile. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, other flapping of wings were just been up to bright uh, two weeks ago sort of thing, and I guess it's like your area up there, just the, the autumn leaves this year. I think, <laughs> I've been up there three or four times mm-hmm. and spectacular the first time. Yeah. yeah, you get these beautiful golden. Uh, but but but, 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 but a yellow, yellow poplars, you yeah. know, massive trees. A couple of rows are just memorable. and just a beautiful colour. You've got uh, a, a, a lot of cl- cloud ashes. That's sort of that burgundy red. Yes, that's so myself. So <laughs> nice. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they do do maples and things as well up yeah, there. Yeah, maples they look they look so, so so good as well. But if anybody listening is. Uh, Got a, uh, a weekend to spare? Uh, it's it's you can recommend it. It's beautiful to see. Mm. Uh, we uh, our friends have a little a little knoll sort of thing that looks looks down through the valley and get all the different co- co- colours through there at this time of the year. It's beautiful. Mm. The good thing about the poplars, they don't always all shed their leaves or colour at the one time. There's quite quite a few there were still lovely, lovely avenues there. Are still quite quite green, so they'll you know a bit, a bit later they'll you know, come into their autumn foliage. But uh, no, it's uh, yeah just on the uh, the uh, the Ovens River there. If you're interested in, in wines there's a lot of good wineries around the Oh place. yes <laughs> Sadly I am yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Ah yeah. oh. Wonderful.
3: Yeah. Okay. And so we've all been
1: gallivant. Yes,
3: except me. Uh, okay. Oh well, you're booked <laughs> for next year. I'm booked for, for next year, so I'll yeah. make up for <laughs> it. And make sure, sure you take
1: lots of money for carpets. Oh, <laughs>
3: I'm, not, I'm not cutting carpets, home. <laughs> <laughs> we did. We, we did. Yeah, Craig and I bought really a couple
1: of carpets from one of the big carpet <laughs> brokers. Okay. Um, we got a fairly good deal on them because we were the tour leaders. <laughs> oh, okay. <Very> a <laughs> hard bargaining went <laughs> yes. on. Uh, I don't think Craig's even unwrapped them yet. But it's amazing they 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 roll them so tightly and then mm. they put them in sort of uh, into a sort of nylon, hessian baggy sort of thing and then stitch them up and they, and they stitch a sort of a handle onto them. Oh. And you'd be surprised how big a carpet you can get home in, in a comparatively small space. Okay. I was shocked because our uh, two carpets are rolled up and they're in a thing, I suppose, or oh, less than a metre long and, mm-hmm. and it'd only be 25 centimetres, really? 30 centimetres mm. wide. And it's heavy enough, but oh, yeah. it's mm-hmm. easy enough to manage. Oh, God. They do have beautiful carpets. Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah and, uh, and believe it or not, several of our group bought. Tabletops, you know, the sort of um, little tile inlaid ones. Yes. We went mm-hmm. to a factory where they were doing all sorts of porcelain and, and, and pottery and all that sort of stuff and I think three of our group bought tabletops which had to of course be shipped home so of course, whether they've got here yet or not but uh, one of the ladies from Mount Macedon bought a lovely small one for her um, balcony. Okay. Uh, so some really good stuff to buy while you're
3: there. Mm-hmm. Oh yes, mm-hmm. okay. Yeah,
1: so be aware. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I'm forewarned. <laughs> Alright, I'm going to get
0: to some community (laughs) announcements. Um, Things are getting a little quiet because uh, the weather, of course, has uh, really changed in the last uh, week or so. It's actually... Cool. Yeah. In, yeah. Fact, in fact, in did you have snow at Mount Macedon? No.
1: Well, if we did, it would it must have, been have been a flurry right up the top. Yep. Certainly not down as far as where the nursery is and certainly not at home. Yep. Um, but, yeah, we've had some fairly cool weather suddenly. So oh, yes. We've been stoking up the open fire. And, and well, some we've got, rain. Yeah, we got 30 mil. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's great. we Rain incident, which was yeah, good. We got, uh, got tw- tw-
2: 21 at Doncaster. Well, yeah. I have
1: to say, I had cleaned out one of the veggie beds... Uh, which had a lot of weeds and stuff growing in it so I was Mm. getting ready to put in another crop of something Mm. and I turned it over and it was sitting there loose and we got the 30 mils of rain and then I went back and thought oh, I'll just turn it over again and it hadn't got down all that time because no. uh, the ground's still very hydrophobic yeah. Yeah. Uh, mm. so yes, yeah, so I was getting in my late crops so just as soon as I got home I got the garlic in right. it's already starting to poke through oh good on you and, uh, yeah, yeah. and I put in a I don't normally put my broad beans in this lake but yeah. I, I put a batch of broad beans in oh well see I what happens oh, that, that, in, yeah, yeah, uh, yep, yep. and uh, we'll see how it all goes but the, the garlic's certainly moving a pace yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. so I hopefully we'll have another seriously good crop like I seem to be getting used to. Yeah. Fantastic. I think
2: with broad beans, you know, if you plant them too, too early, they get long and lanky, whereas you leave it a little bit later, they don't get quite as high they're not so vulnerable to blow over. Yeah, well, um, I actually yeah. have
1: this technique,
2: Graham, yeah, well, yeah. where
1: I've got some, uh, a big sheet of well mesh that I ah, lie over yeah, the bed where the broad yeah, beans are and good. then I use it as a guide yeah, to plant them yeah, so I can get them in nice straight yeah, rows yeah. and then as the broad uh, beans uh, come uh, up, you lift I it? lift it up and yeah, I have six star stakes in the ground right. and I just get some table, cable sure. ties and yeah. so I bring it up sort of yeah. about 18 inches 2 feet off the ground mm. and the broad beans will yes, be well grown by the yeah, time I do it and then they grow through yeah. it brilliant well, and a, it works really well what
2: a great tip for the people out there listening that's oh, a good well, broad idea broad beans are such yeah. an untidy oh, yeah. crop oh they, they, they are with heavy wind and they'll yeah. blow all over the place yeah. and they sort of loop and try to come up and, oh. and it gets in a mess yeah. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> but I wouldn't be without them because I
1: do like broad beans yeah. I oh I love broad beans so I always apply the whole bed of them and I lift up my well mesh mm. sheet mm. Um to hold them all in place I yeah, think it's great yeah. So and, and you reuse yeah, the same piece good. of metal yeah, every yeah. year so once you've of got course. It, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, the only thing I waste and I've got to find a way of doing it without it uh, are the cable ties because of course you've got to cut them off when you're yes. everything apart uh, true. Uh, yeah, so sure. I use six cable ties everything else is recycled every year yeah, and reused good. again yep. and occasionally if I get the broad beans finished quickly enough I turn the well mesh on its side and I grow some climbing beans uh, up hey yes, use <laughs> <laughs> so
2: perfect m- p- Pam, my, my wife you <laughs> You know, I get into trouble with growing too many vegetables at times. I, I have a lot coming in. I don't give a sufficient warning sometimes. <laughs> uh, you know, you know uh, I, I take in the a, in a hot of summer a bucket, bucket full of tomatoes. I just bought tomatoes at the supermarket, Graham. So we, we've got to communicate more, 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 more that's for sure. <laughs> well, I'm sure she's learning <laughs> all about preserving yeah. the <laughs> harvest. <laughs> getting on to broad beans. Yep. Uh, she loves the broad beans to the fact she'd go out into the crop and, you know, pick the the ones eat them. I always try and save some seed for next year. I went out for my, my seed ones. The whole lot had gone. You know, oh, no. it didn't have any my special ones. An Italian from the, in, in the nursery gave me ones, especially long, you know, beans, al, al bruno. And uh, r- r- ran out of stock, so there you go. Oh, <laughs> so we're back to Cole's Dwarf Army Yeah, or that's, or that's, the that's, that's one right. Sure, sure. Oh, dear. Actually, I tried the, the scarlet fla-
1: or the burgundy flowered ones uh, oh, one year. Yes, yes. Uh, they they th- were they were very pretty. Mm. I yeah. say yeah, I did so enjoy yeah. looking at them, but you <laughs> didn't get much of a crop. No, I, I tried them too. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't get a particularly big crop. I mean, they're, they're a nice novelty, but yeah, really, yeah. if you want a decent crop of broad beans, I think you've yeah, got to fall back on one of the more productive I think so.
2: Like, yeah. like I could just imagine a vase of the, the, the broad beans flowers on your on your table there. Yeah. there well even
1: you? the black and white flowers of the classic form are really pretty. Oh they are.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And nice grey foliage. I mean, yeah. apart from the fact they flop all over the damn place, it's actually quite a pretty plant. Mm.
2: Yeah. Okay. Yes.
0: And of course you yeah, can you true. can pick the top shoots. Yeah. They're very edible. Yeah. 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 And and great. you saw fields
1: yeah. and fields of those in Morocco. Yeah. Oh did you? Yeah. yeah yeah, broad beans are a big crop yeah. over there. Okay. okay.
0: I would have thought chickpeas.
1: Well, Mm. yeah, those and lentils and, you know, you see all those sorts of pulses and things being grown there. Uh, Mm. So uh, Mm. it's actually a surprisingly um, fertile place. Mm. You know, you sort of think Morocco, northern Africa. Mm. I mean, there's certainly Mm. a large... Uh, part of it mm. that 's Saharan desert, but yes. the rest of it 's all fed by waters from the Atlas mountains and mm. Mm. surprisingly oh, yeah.
2: fertile very good Yeah, sure.
1: did you
0: venture into the desert at all
1: oh uh, on the day after my birthday uh, we had uh, we were in an area where there was the desert was sort of quite close, and the morning after my birthday, we had to wake up very early. And we got on camels, <laughs> <laughs> as and, you do, and, yeah. and we and we were led by Bedouin camel drivers, uh, all in in classical Bedouin dress, uh, out over the sand dunes to climb, scramble up to the top of one to watch the sun come up. Oh, oh great! Which was not, lovely. Not really oh, would have been. Uh, yes, I had a memorable birthday. Yeah, <laughs> wonderful. Yeah. So uh, uh, the hotel we were staying in had been pre-warned as the tour company I work for tend to do if there's a birthday on board, they pre warn the hotel. You yes. get be at And so they made sure there was a cake organised, right? And all that sort of stuff, and and the waiters all came in to sing Happy Birthday in Berber,
3: I think. <laughs> 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 and, and so it was great fun, yeah. fantastic. Yeah, so yeah, so we did get to go out into the Sahara
1: on camels. Yep. Mm, yeah. Even if it is, even if it was a bit touristy, but it was it was fun. Oh, it's great fun. Yeah. yeah. Fun. And, and I, I bet, bet you got, got some great photos. <laughs> masses of them. Yeah, <laughs> I, and anybody who follows me on on Instagram or (laughs) Facebook uh, will have seen a lot of images that I put up. Mm. Uh, so uh, uh, it's turned out to be quite a useful medium to get some of your things out there for people to see. Yep. So, so I, I don't know that I spent a lot of time, but I spent a bit of time sort of in the evenings where I could get Wi-Fi quickly putting together a Facebook post with you know, doorways of, of Marrakesh or, you know, uh, uh, craftsmen uh, of Tangier or whatever. Yeah, and, yeah, you know, yeah. Putting up these little posts of interesting sort of
2: things. Mm. Fantastic. Not, not to be honest, done by Stephen he wouldn't into, allow into that go. Co- Cairo co- around the Pyramids there. We, Leonie and I get, went for a ride on the camels as well. All you, right. You, you find out that you don't fight the, the the rhythm sort of thing. You've got to relax sort of thing. If you fight it, you're really in trouble sort of yeah. thing. You get all the. <laughs> 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 they're a completely different thing than getting on the back of a horse, aren't they?
1: Yeah, that, that's uh, And the getting up and getting down is the only thing about it that I'm nervous do You know, because they lurch up and <laughs> yep. you feel
2: like you're going to get spun <laughs> off. Head goes right down and yeah. you wonder where you're going to go. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, so it is. It's, a, it's an interesting thing to do. Okay.
0: Okay. All right, back to mundane old uh, things in Melbourne But there are a few things on, so I really must mention them
3: Sorry.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, there's a couple of things on today Firstly, if you've got no plans for the day uh, The uh, Australian Garden History Society have got a walk and talk uh, this afternoon And uh, this is with Tim Gatehouse And it's uh, walking through the Edinburgh Gardens Now, uh, it starts at 2 o'clock um, you meet at the Rotunda on the St George's Road side of the gardens at 2 o'clock. This is a free event and uh, Tim Gatehouse is a retired lawyer. He's interested in the pre-Gold Rush history of Victoria, uh, architectural history and the history of gardening. Uh, He contributes articles to Australian Garden History and other journals, and he's an active member of the Australian Garden History Society. So that's all happening today. He'll be looking at uh, all sorts of different features there within the Edinburgh Gardens, um, which was set aside for public recreation in 1862, and it contains actually 24 hectares. I didn't realise it was that big. It is large. large. It is large, yes. So it it, it has all sorts of... um, interesting aspects of, of its history in there. So uh, that would be a very interesting walk this afternoon. So as I say, 2 o'clock, uh, it is a free event, and you meet at the Rotunda on the St George's Road side of the gardens. Now also um, on today down at Geelong Botanic Gardens, they've got their next uh, themed guided walk, and this is uh, entitled Kiwi Fest. Uh, it starts at 2 o'clock, you meet the guide at the front steps of the Geelong Botanic Gardens. Cost is a gold coin donation and uh, this is going to be looking at uh, obviously uh, all their uh, cool climate New Zealand uh, produce. So uh, there's lots of it in the garden so that would be another interesting uh, walk if you're down in the Geelong area. Now, uh, also today, if bonsai is your thing, um, out at Lee Estate, uh, the Bonsai Society Victoria will be showcasing some of the finest examples from their collection. It'll be held in the opulent interior of the Lee Ballroom. Visitors will learn the technique of traditional Japanese styles and contemporary relationships applied to the bonsai craft, as well as the opportunity to purchase bonsai trees uh, Now, there will be demonstrations at 10.30 this morning and at 1.30 this afternoon. Now, uh, tickets, uh, Rippinley Garden Entry is $10 for adults, $7 concession, $4 uh, child, which is 4 to 15 years, or there is a $20 family um, ticket, which is two adults and two children, and... uh, Entry into the actual bonsai exhibition is via Gold Coin donation. Tickets can be purchased on the day and, as I mentioned, it in, does include entry to the Riponlea Gardens. <laughs> so uh, that's running 10 a.m. through to 4 p.m. today. Now, uh, Stephen, you've got, uh, you've got a meeting coming up next Wednesday. Uh,
1: yes, uh, for the Melton, Friends of the Melton Botanic Gardens. Right. Uh, I assume you've got the actual details I have got of where the details. it is there. But, yep. yes, it's Wednesday at 8 o'clock uh, at Brookside. Well, it 7.30 oh, roughly 730. to get there yeah. till
0: 9.30, running yeah. through till. Yes, yeah, yep. so,
1: and I'm going to be talking on unusual and interesting plants for the sort of slightly drier, more difficult climates that they tend to have to deal with around Melton. So I won't be talking about gentians and blue poppies. No. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, uh, yes, I'll be talking about plants that I think could be worth looking at that aren't the normal run-of-the-mill things that you tend to come across and tend to be exposed to if you're starting a garden in those sort of western suburbs. Mm.
0: Now, you're also going to be bringing in some plants from the
1: nursery for sale. I'll have some plants for sale as well. Um, I'll have my Fpos machine. Good. <laughs> uh, if people need it. Um, and it's a free event, so I think that's pretty good. So the, the Melton, Friends of the Melton Botanic Gardens do some really remarkable work. And, uh, oh, they do. Anybody who hasn't been out to see their garden should, because it Definitely is a remarkable should. garden. It's really quite something. Mm. Um, and their friends group is really active. They have a good nursery site there where they're often selling plants and things as well and uh, yeah so i'm doing that next wednesday
0: okay so i, I must give out the address <coughs> because it's not actually at the gardens. no it's at botanica springs community center and this is at 249 clark's road in brookfield hmm. so i'll just I'm repeat have that. To put that
1: in my gps you are
0: you <laughs> are so it's botanica springs community center 249 clark's road in brookfield Now, as we said, 7.30 till 9.30, next Wednesday, and it's a totally free event. Mm. Yeah,
1: and there's a supper involved as well. Oh, gosh, what more can you want? You'll at least get a piece of cake and a cup of tea.
0: Fantastic, fantastic. I'm talking about a piece of cake and a cup of tea. I should also mention Rip and Lee are becoming very um, active in in, uh, staging events down um, at the – either within the historic Mm. house or out in the gardens – and uh, the other one that they have coming up, and this is the last uh, event I should mention, but I will remind uh, listeners next week as well, uh, they've got a Mother's Day high tea next Sunday, May the 12th. Uh, now, um, although... Uh, the high tea itself is running from 3 till 5pm and, of course, it's going to be uh, in the ballroom there of with, um, <laughs> with uh, tiers of delicious delights exclusively created Ooh. by mm. Peter Rowland's catering group. Yeah. Um, but also uh, you have the opportunity um, from 1.30 <coughs> till 2 to have a tour of the garden with one of the National Trust volunteer garden guides and then from 2... Till 2.45, you're allowed to have a wander through the mansion before the high tea actually starts from 3 till 5.
1: Sounds like a great thing to take mum to.
0: Totally. Um, Now, tickets, um, because we're covering the the full um, uh, delights, uh, tickets are a little more expensive for this one. 130 for adults, 55 for children 12 years and under. But all bookings will have their own designated table, uh, for no matter how many guests or tickets they've booked. So, uh, they won't be shared tables. You will have your own designated, uh, table for, well, for mum share and it guests. With
3: the no, exactly. <laughs> okay. So that's all
0: happening, uh, next Sunday, uh, to celebrate Mother's Day. All right, uh, it's high time we opened up our lines. Goodness me, someone's beaten me to it, but I will <laughs> I will give out the phone number. If you'd like to join us this morning, particularly if you want to uh, talk to Stephen about anything, and he's got some amazing plants he's brought in this morning, or if you want to talk to Graham Morrison, particularly about... Um, Fruit trees, pruning, you name it, edible plants, do give us a call. The number is nine four one nine zero one double five. And this morning we have Liz on the outside line and Liz has just returned from a tour of Japan looking at cherry blossoms. So um yeah. mm. you can talk all things travel this morning, <laughs> goodness me. So if you'd like to have a chat to Liz on the outside line, nine four one nine eight three double seven. So we're going to go first up to Denise, who's out at Bond Beach. Good morning, Denise. Oh, good morning. Um, it's
4: taken me a while to ring in, but I'm after a tree for my backyard. Um, I've got quite a large deck area in, a, in the back of my unit, um, and I don't want it to grow too tall,
5: um, but I'd like to be able to sit under it. Um, would a mop top be okay?
1: Well, it depends on which mop top you plant. I'm not very fond of them personally, um, and some of the things they're mop topping I don't think are very appropriate for that sort of work. Uh, the oh. problem with a mop top is you get the height you need very quickly because you're buying something that's already on a standard, but they rarely grow broad enough uh, to actually make a shade tree. They're, yes. they're a lollipop on a stick. They, that's right. Uh, so I wouldn't go down that path if it were me. Um, I would look for some sort of nice... Tree that comes up somewhat trunky and then sort of fans out mm. uh, to give you a shade mm. tree. Um, what sort of soil have you got down there? Because I'm not really that familiar with Bond Beach. Oh, um,
5: Sandy, it's in between Mordialloc and Frankston. Right. okay.
1: <laughs> All right. Would would Uh, a
5: native
1: be appropriate? A native can be appropriate. The only issue, of course, is that all of our native trees are evergreen. Mm. And for me, I would have opted for a deciduous tree to get the sunshine in winter. get the winter light. uh, And it also punctuates the season so that you've got this sense of spring, summer, autumn, winter. Mm. Uh, (coughs) So I would go for a deciduous tree. Uh, There's oodles of trees you could select from. Mm. Uh, Almost any of the large growing crab apples would be good. And they give you pretty blossom Mm. in the spring. Some Mm. of them have coloured foliage. Some of them have pretty crab apples, which may or may not be a good thing if it's over a deck because you'll have to probably clean up the yes, fruit. Yes. Uh, yeah. But nonetheless, that's a once-a-year job, and you know gardening's all about getting out there and doing things, so I don't yeah. see that necessarily Crape a, a... A crepe myrtle? A crepe myrtle is a possibility. One of the bigger growing ones, So Make sure you don't buy a little dwarf crepe yes, myrtle. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> and, and you could easily fall for that because there's a whole range of them out there mm. to select from. So make sure you get one of the bigger growing crepe mm. myrtles, and they're, they're oh. quite hardy little mm. trees. Um, and then
0: um, you've got the lovely... Yeah, and the, the trunks, trunks and to look at yeah. him as a feature it's as it's
1: well. A be-
2: be- beautiful oh, tree. Yep. Yep. Mm.
1: Yeah, so I would consider those. Mm. The, uh, yeah. Another tree that I reckon might do the job very well for you is the Chinese quince, um, okay. which used to be called Pseudocydonia sinensis then had its name changed to Cydonia Sinensis, so it's been put in with the true quinces. So it's not a pseudo
0: anymore. Well, (laughs) it gets worse. It's genuine. That gets worse. Uh, Recently I was
1: looking on Plants of the World Online, which is the big Q Botanic Gardens in England sort of uh, website you can go into to check currently accepted names, or at least as far as Q is concerned. And now Cydonia Sinensis has been moved into conomalies with the japonicas or flowering quinces.
3: Oh, goodness. Goodness. And
1: and I have to say, I got my head around the idea of being dumped in with the true quinces, but for then to have it pulled out and put in with the conomalies, I'm struggling with that a bit. But anyhow, it's it's a bit like a crepe myrtle in a way because it does everything. It has spring blossom, it has big, attractive yellow-green fruit, which you can use. Uh, it has fabulous autumn foliage, and it gets bark a bit like a grape myrtle with that lovely patchy, mm. blotchy sort of bark. Uh, and it has a nice sort of small, spready form or habit to it. So there are a number of trees you could go for, but I just wouldn't plant one of those mop-top trees. I don't think you're going to get value out of it. So, no, Simon, so okay. mean, what
2: about I, ices? You, you have some Most of ones the maples
1: there? I wouldn't grow, but actually okay. I bought one along today, which is one I'm, I, I'm intending mm. to talk about, so we might as well talk mm. about it now, yes. I guess. Yeah. Uh, there's a maple from China called the five-finger maple, which in fact has yeah. five leaflets yep, yep, and a yep, hand-shaped yep, yep, um, sort mm. of leaf. It's quick-growing, it's heat-tolerant, it's dry-tolerant, uh, it's wind-tolerant. Um, mm. It would grow to just the right shape and size, I think, for the sort of job that you're talking about. <coughs> its leaves don't come on till early November, so it stays bare until the warmth starts to come on. It grows really quickly, has pretty autumn foliage, sort of soft colours in mm. some of apricots and what have you. Um, and there's apparently only 200 trees of it left in the wild. Really?
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Oh. Oh, okay. <laughs> so that's Acer And So it doesn't have big root
5: system?
1: Not that you're going to have to worry about, my dear. Okay.
5: <laughs>
1: that's the other thing you need to be aware of. I mean... There is no point in planting something that takes 50 years to get up there just because it's not going to grow too big. You're far no, better yeah. to plant something that you're going to get some value out yeah, of yeah. Um, sure. and let somebody else worry about anything in due course. I mean, I doubt <laughs> that asapentophyllum would cause any issues, but nonetheless, I don't think you need to be worrying about the potential of, I don't know, the root system lifting a path or whatever. Um, Whatever you put in, unless it's something exceedingly quick-growing like a bluegum or something, oh, gosh. Um, then I don't think in in, in one lifespan you're going to have to worry about any of the trees I've suggested. Oh, that's wonderful. Mm.
2: Okay. Gen- that's Denise might be just tw- 21 and she's got a fair few years to go. You know. Yeah, well, I still
1: don't think there's an issue there. Okay. I mean, <laughs> if, you, if you're living in a unit somewhere, I'm assuming that you are more of a vintage, uh, getting beyond the sort of youngster phase. Yes. 68. Yeah, well, there you go. Oh, yeah, you're, yeah, in you're, in you're in my vintage-ish. honest. Um, so, yeah, so as far as I'm concerned, if I'm going to get, you know, I'm, I just turned 64, so if I'm going to get 15 to 20 years out of something before it might be a problem, I reckon, you know, by that time I won't care
3: anymore. <laughs> or I'll have forgotten. Okay.
6: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, that's terrific advice. Thank you very much. Yeah, okay, good
3: on you. you. Bye. Okay, bye. Bye-bye. Bye.
0: right, next up we're going to Pam out in Coburg. Good morning,
7: Pam. Oh, good morning. I wanted to speak to Graham. Um, Graham, I came and got a... You you butted a uh, Orlando... Pangello for oh, me oh, yes. some time yes, ago, yes, and yes. I promised you a oh, yeah. banana in return.
2: Okay. <laughs> and I've
7: lost your phone number to okay. organise to bring one out.
2: Yeah. So okay. Yeah, very good. It, it actually worked. I think the stock was a bit uh, was a bit slow. The sap wasn't up, and I wondered whether I'd get any result there. Did, did that I actually did work get, for you? I did.
7: Get two good yeah. buds oh, that have taken. There, there so very happy oh, with that. No, that's good.
2: Yeah. yeah. No, my uh, mobile air, 041-848-2610. Right.
7: Okay, Brilliant. I've got yeah. six bunches of bananas oh, on my, my plate. Well done. Oh, yeah, it's fantastic. i have just got my fingers crossed that it yeah. they'll ripen, they'll yellow. You've got, before I've it got it gets your lady's fingers
2: crossed. it's very good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> <laughs>
7: but anyway, as soon as one's cut, yeah. then I'll dig the suckers yeah, up around I that. Really appreciate.
2: I think uh, thanks. Thanks a lot. You've been a a, a, a good customer, and you. Like I got a thing for growing fruit fruit, fruit trees around the place. Yes, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, this one
7: definitely works in Melbourne.
2: Yeah, very good, thank you. I've been struggling with mine. I've had uh, what do they call call, call it uh, banana? Come on, Graham. Yeah, it's a well known one, uh, and I've had it for five years there, and I. Uh, not a, you know, it suffers from the frost. Last year we had a pretty big frost going, and it really devastated the poor thing. We grew out this this year. I got two, two two big stems there, but keep on looking for a, a, a hand of fruit, but nothing nothing originates. Mm.
7: Well yeah. the benefit I've got is a factory yeah. on the other side of the lane that yes, um, okay. radiates a bit of heat for me yeah, over yeah. the winter I've got, I think.
2: got this in the warmest part of my, my garden so I think it gets yeah. uh, north, north and uh, west sun sunshine against a, a fairly big wall but uh, Still, still no go. There's a lot of promises on the, uh, the, the label itself. You know, there's a cold climate banana, and all going to uh, depend mm, on what you mm, call cold. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mm. So uh, yes. there, there, there you go. All all all, all, right. all else well, going well in your garden?
7: Uh, yes, it is. Where the gardens. Fantastic at the moment, apart yeah. from lack of rain. But yeah, I just turn right. the yeah. turn the tap on. Yes, yeah, so,
2: yeah, I, I don't so. want to front my water bill this year. Just, no, I've already paid one, yeah. and yeah, it was yeah. frightening <laughs> enough.
7: <laughs> well, I have to sit myself down and think. Well. I don't smoke. Yeah, <laughs> I, don't, I, don't smoke yeah. I don't drink very much. You know, this is my
3: yeah, this is
7: my pleasure in life.
3: Yeah, but I, I you
0: you can't I, lose the greenery in your garden. I no, mean, it's no, it's essential.
7: True. It really is yeah, for, yeah, for, sure. for our
0: comfort, for the planet, for yeah, cooling for the house, yeah, for
7: everything. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, um, yeah. yeah. And, and, the, and I grow I grow nearly all edible plants. Yeah, yeah. Yes. and so my I'm. Overwhelmed by fruit at the moment. Oh, good. Yeah, and, good you. you know, that yeah, sort of thing. So yeah, it's, it's
2: sure. great. I can't yeah, 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 I've yep, yep.
7: become used yep. to yep, gravy. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> <start. laughs> yeah, Excellent.
2: Don't worry about that water bill in that case. Yeah. Yeah, I think the exactly. other thing Stephen would find. You know, big, big big, big trees. It got to the stage where, you know, I'd water them one day and uh, the, the the next day I'd look about 3, three o'clock and it started to wilt again. Mm. And it's just just they were depending totally on us, you know. It yes. was so, so dry down there, yeah. you weren't getting anywhere. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. 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 Good, okay. Good, good on you, Pam. Okay. Thanks. Thanks. All, okay, bye-bye. Bye. Bye.
0: Bye. That number again, if you'd like to join us this morning, nine four one nine zero one double five, to speak to Stephen or Graham, or if you'd like to have a chat to Liz on the outside line, nine four one nine eight three double seven. Stephen, let's move to another plant.
1: All right, but before I do, I just want to, while I've got it in my head. Um We're talking edible things and the Mount Macedon and District Horticultural Society's monthly meeting is next Tuesday night at 8 o'clock at the Golf Club Hall and we've got, uh, is it John Ferris I think from the Edible Mm -hmm. Fruit Forest coming to talk about edible plants, uh, particularly of the woody types. Um, Mm -hmm. And so if anybody is really interested in um, Mm -hmm. listening to somebody who's put their whole passion into growing edible plants uh, and he is growing quite a lot of offbeat things. You know, he does yam, daisies, and all oh, sorts yes. of weird and wonderful plants, some of which might be tenuously edible, but nonetheless, mm-hmm. all edible. Uh, so he'll be talking at the Mount Macedon Club on Tuesday night, mm-hmm. uh, and we would like to get the meeting started at eight, so if you could be there a little earlier, that wouldn't hurt. Uh, but visitors are welcome, um, and I think it could be an interesting topic. Yes, uh, definitely. I've heard John chat about his passions up at the Tesla Plant Fair a year or so ago. All oh, right. Mm-hmm and he seems to be a very knowledgeable guy and um, and has collected some really offbeat edibles. Mm, so there you, there you go. So if anybody's close enough to Mount Macedon, and I figure... I have to come down here every, every couple of weeks, so I reckon all of Melbourne is close enough to Mount Macedon. Uh, come up and hear John talk about edibles. Yep. So there you go. All right, now getting back to plants. Um, all right, I talked about the maple, so I don't have to talk about that now, but another thing that's turned into autumnal colours at the moment um, is something that doesn't look like what it is. <coughs> this, believe it or not, is an oak. Good heavens. This is Quercus phallos. Uh It's one of the North American oaks. And it, has a, 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 it doesn't have any serrations to the leaves. It has quite small leaves. And in fact, its common name will give you a sense of what the foliage is like because it's called the willow oak. Right, and it does get sort of willow shaped leaves. Doesn't mean it wants to grow in a swamp like a willow but it has willow shaped leaves. It's a very popular street tree in parts of North America but you don't see it grown here terribly much and it has wonderful autumn foliage. The leaves are quite small so um, you don't have that sort of stockpile of huge big crumply leaves like you do with a, a pin oak or something like that when they shed. The acorns are also comparatively small uh, so it's possibly a tree that might be a good tree for street tree planting here or or as a specimen tree in a lawn or something like that. It's fairly drought tolerant. Uh, In fact, the oaks have proven themselves over the last 20 years or so to be amazingly useful trees because they went through the millennial drought with very little care and attention. Um, They cope with any amount of cold. uh, They're fire retardant. um, uh, And they're so diverse. Mm. You know, you can get oaks that are just little shrubby, evergreen things right up to Mm. huge, big forest giants. Some oaks do have edible acorns, although, again, I wonder how... Worthwhile, that is, particularly considering you've got to plant the tree and wait 30 years. Mm-hmm. Um,
3: might be good if you're
0: raising black pigs. <laughs> but yeah,
1: yeah, that's right, well, exactly. <laughs> um, but um, Quercus fellos, the American willow oak, I think is a really interesting, hardy, deciduous tree that has a nice autumn colour, it goes lovely sort of burnished reds and burgundies and things and some years will get more yellow and orange in it depending on the season Uh, and you know people think of oak trees and they think of something comparatively slow growing but really they're not that slow, I mean most oaks once you plant them you'd be surprised two or three years you go back and the thing's starting to be a tree, so uh, I mean none of us will live long enough to see the forest giant that some oaks can make but then you're not going to live long enough to see most things produce a mature tree anyway, That's right. so you're not looking Uh, at getting the Mm. final product, you're looking at watching the growing Mm. pattern of a plant and enjoying it whilst it's growing Mm. Uh, so Quercus phallos, the willow oak from North America Mm. is definitely worth I think looking out
2: for Stephen in uh, Portugal came across the the cork oak of course and the uh, they had a big industry go- going there where they stripped strip the, the, the bark off the thing. Yeah. The, the out, outside layouts don't, don't get it too far so it k- kills the tree but then it took take another seven years before that sort of regrows re- 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 yeah. and then off it comes again. Yeah. Uh, in, 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 interesting thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the cork yeah, oak's a
1: beautiful tree. I mean it, it yeah. is certainly one that you needed to plant when you were 10 uh, if you want yeah. to have something that looks like a tree mm-hmm. in one lifetime uh, yeah, yeah. and they do take a long time to start yeah. developing that wonderful yeah. corky bark mm-hmm. um, but they are a wonderful evergreen tree and I saw lots of them in Morocco of course too yeah, because yeah, yeah. there's only I think it's yeah. 9 kilometres across the Straits of Gibraltar between Morocco yes. and Spain yes. so of course a lot of the vegetation yeah. uh, is yeah, yeah, found yeah, yeah. on both sides yeah, okay. of the Mediterranean mm-hmm. uh, so there's lots of cork and Oaks mm. growing around Morocco mm. um, and I think at one stage they were using the cork oaks too because you could see evidence of um, where cork bark had been stripped so yes, I'm assuming right. yes. there must have been yeah. some sort of um, yeah, yeah. In industry going on, a bit of an yeah, yeah, industry, yeah, yeah, probably yeah, yeah, yeah. not yeah, as yeah. good as Portugal or Spain so the cork oak is really good as well yeah. and I guess the third plant I'll talk about, I have bought the red version of this into the studio before, but it's a plant, again, that's had a name change. Uh, some of you uh, would know it as Chisostylus, Chisostylus uh, uh It's had its name changed, and it's now been lumped in with uh, a group of bulbs called Hesperantha. Uh, uh, they're stream lilies. They grow along the edges of streams and things in South Africa, so they quite like it slightly moist. They're semi-evergreen, and they get these very pretty, well, in this case, pink flowers, but uh, the wild form is sort of a a cherry red. Um, (coughs) Oh, excuse me. And the flowers form on quite long stems, so they're quite pickable. Uh, and it flowers during that sort of autumn into early winter period, which makes it a particularly useful bulbous plant, I mm. think. Mm-hmm. So it's now Hesperantha cochinia, and this variety is called Mrs. Hegarty, the pale pink one. Uh, uh, but you'll still probably find it in all your books as Stylus, um, because it's a comparatively new name change. Okay. Uh, it's a logical one. I mean, its flowers and everything about it are exactly like the other plants in Hesperantha. The only reason it was in a genus of its own was the fact that it it's was the only semi-evergreen one. Right. And so, you know, botanically that's not really yeah. a, a good reason no, to keep things isn't out into a different yep. genus. Mm. And that was mainly because of its habitat always being slightly moist, mm. so the plant evolved to be more or less evergreen. Mm. Yep. So it gets to about 30 to 60 centimetres tall, depending on mm. the soil and aspect. Likes a reasonably sunny aspect and makes quite substantial clumps given time. Mm. Yeah. And I think it's really pretty. Yeah. And have something that's a really pretty sort of musk pink, uh, at this time of the year, I think is quite nice. I mm. quite like some of the noreens for that same reason. Exactly. You know, they're, they're sort of this unexpected colour for the autumn. Yep, yep. So and, there you go.
0: And don't forget, uh, all these photos of these plants are up on our Facebook page and yes. our Instagram page. So oh,
1: yes, the Instagram as well. I've got to get my head around all that stuff. But yep. it is, it's a good resource because I, I mean I sent Liz my pictures yesterday afternoon she's popped it up on Facebook for everybody um, so you can go in and have a look and, mm. and, and see exactly what I was talking about. Exactly. Although I won't promise the quality of some of the pictures is absolutely fabulous because you go click, click, click and get it out of the way as quickly as possible. I don't spend an awful lot of time composing the photos that we put up but anyhow they should be good enough to see what the plant looks like.
0: But it means we don't have to hone our descriptive skills quite as much. <laughs> yeah, yes, it does
1: help a bit if somebody <laughs> can see
0: an image. Exactly, yep. Okay, uh, that number again, we'd love you to join us this morning. If you have a gardening question, as I say, we've got Stephen Ryan from Dixonia Rare Plants. We've also got Graham Morrison, who's our absolute fruit tree guru. <laughs> Do give us a call, nine four one nine zero one double five, to speak to the team on air, or if you'd like to have a chat to Liz on the outside line, nine four one nine eight three double seven. I should also mention too that... Um, that uh, Open Gardens Victoria have gone into recession for the winter months, um, unfortunately. Uh, They used to do... Winter garden openings, but um, they're
1: going to do one next year. Are they? Mine. Yours. Yes, <laughs> yes. I've got a tentative date, I think, for sometime in June, July. Yep. So we are going to do a winter opening next year because good, I good. wanted to have a, a midwinter one for the scheme.
0: I think I think winter's a wonderful time to go and visit a garden. To I be quite honest, yeah, yeah, I
1: think it is too. So uh, yeah, so I did have a, a long chat to them. I've got an opening coming up in December. I can't remember the exact dates, but whether it's up on their website yet, I don't know. Uh, but I have got dates for December. I think it's possibly the first weekend in December this year. Okay. And then there'll be a follow-up opening the following June, July. Yep. And that's only been pencilled in at this yep. stage. So Okay, mm-hmm. great. All yeah. right. So it is sad, though, that they're, they're closing up for the season because uh, I believe their Mawalek uh, opening was very good. They had... Mm. Thousands of people, mm. um, so it was a nice finish off for the season. Um, but they seem to be tootling along and doing some good stuff. So oh, they certainly yeah. are. And they are walking instead of running, so I think that's probably a good move. Mm.
0: Well, the yeah. other thing is that they are also now putting a lot of emphasis on on running some workshops. Yeah, which I think is great because mm. um, it's overall going to look at wonderful gardens. But to to be able to also go and be educated on, right. on workshops on all sorts of different topics within a garden setting, oh. I think is
1: great. It's a unique experience.
0: It is, yeah. Right. No, fantastic. Graham, you've brought in... Well, look, we've we've got to start with this. Yeah.
1: Yeah, Now, you call that an apple? No, (laughs) no, it's on
0: steroids, Steve.
2: It's just... It's huge. Yes, I bet that one wouldn't be picked up by Coles or Woolworths. No, I don't think so. It's bigger than a baseball (laughs) ball. It's enormous. They told me it would be big on the the label, but uh, uh, its name is Monty's Surprise. Yeah, well, I, no, I bet Monty like, I was serious. <laughs> 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 That's a meal in an apple. It is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would struggle to get through that already. So, it, is I an sh- eating apple
0: sh- or a cooking apple? Well, right? we,
2: we're going to try. We're going to find that out right now. Oh, wow! No, I haven't. You haven't tried it. Oh, you should have taken a photo. Too late. Too late. He's
1: into it, and I haven't got my phone on, so I always turn it off when I come into the studio just in case.
2: Some uh, inconsiderate uh, uh, person yeah, might uh, ring me. Yes, exactly. Excuse fingers. That's uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. Well, it's got a nice
1: white flesh.
2: Good. <laughs> and it sounds crisp. Yeah, it's about as big as a pumpkin. <laughs> wow. Um, listeners right. right. hear all this crunching it's, going on. Mm.
1: <laughs> it's got a slight tartness. It has got a slight tartness. Yeah. Not as tart perhaps mm, as a Granny Smith mm, or something mm, like that. Crisp. Mm,
2: certainly not sweet.
1: No no, no, no,
0: it's not a sweet apple. And a nice, a nice thin skin. It's not a tough skin mm-hmm. at all. Yeah, it's just a
1: very mm-hmm. edi- edible,
2: edible. Skin. Skin. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, but the. Uh, I don't know. I, I mean, it's main attributes, Simon. They talk talk about. I think they did some uh, scientific research on in the uh, overseas scientific establishment, and they compared it with so many apples. And they found that it was the highest in antioxidants in any other apple they've ever tried. Yeah. And, and flavonoids as well. Uh, and so, you know, these, the, these things, of course, uh, help our immune system to fight disease, d- d- diseases and stuff. And uh, so uh, the old story about uh, an apple a day keeps the doctor away might come, come to fruition, you know, if you get, get, get into these... Uh, If you could eat an apple
1: of that a day, you wouldn't eat anything else. No. (laughs) (laughs) It is a big apple, I have to say. It is quite a large apple. um, (laughs) And it's a sort of a basically greenish, just with a pink flush, isn't it? Yeah, so it's true, true,
2: not a big green apple with just a just, little yeah, colour. Yeah, so, so, so Which
1: so. is interesting
0: because mm. usually I tend to associate um, fruit that's very high in antioxidants yeah,
2: yeah. Oh, yes, with colour. colour. Yeah, that's a to be bright Exactly, exactly. But it isn't yeah, in this case. It is available in some nurseries now. It's on a dwarf stock, so it only gets to about 200 metres. Does it
1: need a cross-pollinator
2: good good question yes it does and I actually grafted on as I, you know I'm adapted grafting and get carried away a bit but I put a pink lady on there and a golden delicious in there too that a, a suitable poll- pollinator. Oh, right, so, so, you know, it's generally that sort of thing. The other thing that happens around with a- a- apples, a lot of crab apples around and so often they, they help the pollination. Yeah, sort of yeah crab apples around, more, around, they? around yeah, the Yeah, I've got a golden and, uh,
1: hornet in the garden that mm. rarely ever gets any fruit because the parrots clean it up. Yeah, uh, and it yeah, seems yeah. to pollinate any of the apples yeah, I've got around. True true, so, true, true,
2: true. Yep, seems another good thing. But well, yeah,
0: not. I hope the branches are sturdy. She's
3: going
2: to have a fair bit of weight on the I tree. Know, I know. Then if, I got you, fruit on it. then if you have a cocky, you know, <laughs> hanging off that as well, adding to the weight, you're in trouble. <laughs> you remind me, Pam. This 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 year, I I had uh, I put a. Uh, a butternut pumpkin in my plant planter box. I put a 10, ten, ten foot steel stake alongside right. it, right? And I tried tra- trained it up that steel stake on onto on, on the uh, uh, g- g- guttering of my house. All right. And uh, then went along there probably uh, ten, almost ten meters, wow. about, about three feet. And then these uh, p- butternut pumpkins sort of d- dangled uh, d- down from the, the things so. there. It was quite, quite, quite spectacular, and, you know, I thought uh, my, my wife appreciated this one because uh, it's actually in front of the k- kitchen window and there's enough leaf there to stop the sun coming in sort of thing. It was a, you know, a, a, bit, a bit of a b- 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 break yeah. there. So. And the your pumpkins
1: head- <laughs> would be beautifully formed yeah, too well, because they're, they're, they're not s- sitting it, on it, the ground. That's right. So you get, exactly. Exactly. No get prize yeah, yeah. a prize championship <laughs> at the local <laughs> flower show for those. <laughs> I actually funny. did that one here with a pumpkin that <laughs> was a self-sown one that grew up my chook shed. <laughs> And so the pumpkins were hanging off the side of the chook shed. And they grew into the most beautiful, perfectly shaped, rounded pumpkins. Uh, And I took one up to the local flower show and got... I think I got... Champion! Wow! Yorica, uh, I think yeah, I got a yeah. champion yeah. sash, which I wear all the time. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah so um, yeah, it's actually growing pumpkins and things like that in those sort of ways is actually quite a good idea
2: because it's you're sure, sure.
1: using space you wouldn't otherwise use. Exactly,
0: exactly. Yeah, yeah, Neil Douglas thing. was renowned for making a pumpkin house every year, yeah. growing
3: oh, it all yeah, up. And, go, yeah. yeah, okay. Yeah, but no, it's a yeah, great I, idea to uh, go uh, vertical. Well, yeah, I
1: have to yeah. say, I wish I'd picked my pumpkins this year before I went away because <laughs> I. Oh. Two big pumpkins, sort of. They, I, that was again. It was a self-sown pumpkin that had come up, yeah. and they would grown across the top of my compost heap across into my blood orange and the, and the pumpkins they, were hanging between the tree they, and the compost. They, they go for a run, And, and, and were looking fabulous. And yeah. I thought, oh, I'll be able to pick those when I got home. Well, I picked one. The other one had been hollowed out by rats. Oh. Oh. So I got back and all there was was skin with a big hole through the side of it. And so I'm assuming it was bush rats or something yeah, like that that yeah. got yeah. stuck into it. Uh, so I lost one of my pumpkins while I was away, unfortunately. Never mind. But I made some really nice soup out of the other one. Good.
0: Excellent. <laughs> yep. Yep.
2: No,
0: that's great yeah. Okay, what else have you got there, Graham?
2: Oh, well, we've got a few different things today I, I, I brought in three different guavas, Pam mm-hmm. uh, oh, I looked at them a, and, and <laughs> glanced at them and thought locus one of them because it looks about the size yeah, and shape well, of a locus right. And we've got a stru- strawberry guava Sometimes they, they call that one cherry guava There's a yellow strawberry guava Which is a bit of a conflict in uh, ter- yeah. ter- ter- terminology And then this one is a Hawaiian guava you see in the shops, lovely big ones, you know, that come from hot, hot, hot areas. They yes. tend to be more tropical. But certainly the cherry guava and the, uh, or the strawberry guava and the yellow strawberry guava. Uh, <laughs> I thought uh, again, if you don't mind, uh, just would you like to sample that one, s- right. uh, Stephen? Just pop it in. Yeah, pop it in. Yeah. Eat seeds and all. And, and okay. then Only babies, those. That, uh, and, and then we'll give you a.
3: Mm.
2: It's got. Mm.
1: It's got a bit of tang, it's, it's it has. not yeah. just a sweet true, fruit, true, it's got a bit true, of tang true, to it. True, true. The mm. seeds go down reasonably easily
2: yeah, I bet that's true. high
0: in antioxidants
2: Yeah, I it think, in, yes, I think they say be. vitamin C about yes. five times as much vitamin C as a citrus sort of thing So, think, so yes. loaded in vitamin C. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I feel yeah. better already yeah. okay. <laughs> <laughs> And the next, next, next one is the yellow strawberry guava all right, so no, 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 not as widely grown, but I, I, I rather like that one. To tell you the truth. If you've got a sweet tooth, it's sweeter than the other one, is it not?
1: Yes, oh. it is sweeter. Definitely. No, it is sweeter. It hasn't no, got the same tang that the red no, one's got. No. Mm. <laughs> but again, the flesh is easy to deal with. Yeah, mm. yeah. Seeds aren't a problem. Um, mm. And it is quite sweet.
2: Yeah, yeah. Now, the other one that I think. Pam might have a go at me here. They get a bit weedy in some parts. Uh, guavas, I think. They do, some do of them they? Yes, uh, yes. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, the cherry
1: guavas have become a real problem in Madagascar. Oh. They've they. gone all through the forest. The only oh. good thing about them is the lemurs will eat them. Oh.
2: That, that, that's the Haw- Hawaiian guava now. Okay. Different taste altogether. Some people think that it loads the air with a, a perfume that they don't mm, particularly, that is really pa- 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 particularly like. Mm. Yeah. It's. Mm.
1: I don't know what it tastes like, though. I guess it tastes a bit like a Hawaiian like guava. Like itself. <laughs> <laughs> it's, mm.
0: it's, it, it's got the, the look and the colour of a cantaloupe.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And true that could lead true. you astray anyway because you, mm-hmm. you're inclined sometimes to taste mm-hmm. what you see. Right. Mm-hmm. That's Right. Because initially I thought, oh, mm-hmm. it'd be cantaloupe. And then I thought, no, mm-hmm. I don't think it is. No, actually, but as mm-hmm. soon
0: as you smell the perfume, you know mm-hmm. it's definitely not a cantaloupe.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. But uh, and again,
1: it's easy enough just to eat with the skin and all. Yeah, oh, yeah, yes. Yeah. 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 I think
2: that one's a little bit more trop- tropical. It that, that has, you know, the, the few are, are matured, there's a whole other crop there that are green and they weren't, you know, because of their cold winters, they won't come to much. Wow. Well, yeah. <laughs> Okay, uh, so I, 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 you're definitely do, not yeah.
1: suggesting that one for Macedon then? No, no
2: that, that's true, you yeah, yeah, find a warm spot. And I presume you'd I mean, have to
0: protect it
1: from frost and... Yeah, yeah.
2: That, that's true, it's a bit on, this, on the sensitive side. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, 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 So
1: do you get reasonable crops off those guavas Yeah. You, apart from the Hawaiian yeah, one, the cherry... Yeah, good, good what? question.
2: Look, the, the cherry guava. those people out, out in Radio Land there that have grown, grown it, they... You, you, if you don't thin them out, I, I reckon I pulled off my strawberry guava this year or cherry cherry, cherry guava. Ninety percent of them, I, I, I thin thinned them out, you know, oh, okay. to get a side, Otherwise, there, there must have been a good year of pollination. The insects must have been there. was Just a myriad of, 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 of fruit on the thing, and I put them. In just the, the ground was green, and you know that's the only way to get them up to any sort of size. Yeah, yeah, otherwise, but, they'd be really fiddly, wouldn't you? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <coughs> and that gets up to about marble size or a little bit big, bigger. You, 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 you. Yellow strawberry guava, they can get up to we had a nice g- golf ball size. Okay. And so that, that's a, oh, that's big, a bigger fruit. Size, yeah. But uh, I, I reckon if people, you know, that's not a, on the beaten track, but if you chase that yellow strawberry guava, it's, mm. a, it's a very good plant for your your, your, your home garden. Mm. Yeah, sure Okay. Fantastic. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, yeah, brilliant. Yeah. We'll have breakfast
3: now. <laughs> 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 okay, we must
0: get to our next caller who's been waiting very patiently. We're going to Ruth, who's
5: out in East Bentley. Good morning, Ruth. Oh, good morning, everyone. Morning. Uh, I've got a question for Graham, please. Yes. Yes. Um, I have a nectarine, and last season it was absolutely covered with blossom, but mm. I had this massive aphid attack. That yes. A lot of people seem to have been reporting
3: yes, yes. after. Yes.
5: and I'm just wondering. I've still got a few leaves on. Um, hmm. Is there anything I can do specifically to help prevent it, or is just a a one-off
2: thing. Yeah, it, it, it seems as though, it, you know, the, the, the seasons or the, you know, the winter must have been good for aphis. i got my, my brother and he had a couple of plum trees there this year, and they're just covered in aphis you know, in, 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 in the springtime there. And you yeah, get a bl- 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 black aphis and, uh, and, and a, right. a green aphis. He had the black, <laughs> black aphis and the black it was one was. Bright, uh, they were literally dripping off yeah, the yeah, so so, so much so. I think uh, one born, an aphis born today, in uh, 48 hours can pe- become a, grand, a grandparent. And That's they, what they, 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 like. they, they, they breed so, so, so fast. Uh, the black aphis he'll tend to curl a leaf, and so if you, if you do spray, it's hard to get him because he uh, protects himself, With the green that doesn't do that so, so much. We, in the old orchard days, we used to find that the black aphis was... Uh, uh, a harder thing to uh, you know uh, uh, alleviate than the, the than the green. Just as far as control, you know, I, I, I had aphis on uh, one of my peach trees, and I got the old you know the old uh, hose the, the yeah, high like pressure hose and squirted that, and you can get rid of a lot of them like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then of course you know if you want to go into the uh, the the, 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 the sp- spraying world. Probably something like uh, you know py- py- pyrethrum uh, people. You know, uh, don't don't don't, no, I don't, don't, don't to like to spray these yeah. years. But uh, yeah. but, yeah. That's, but that, that, that's not yeah. going
1: to work preemptively, is it? No, no, that's true. You can only it's only use it's it a once you've actually got there. the yeah, there. Yeah, that, that, that's true. Yeah.
2: Mm. We used well, to put put on what we used to call red oil, I don't know what, what that was and that was a probably proper, don't want to know what that was a, <laughs> a, a pre- pre- preemptive one you know, to supposedly would kill the aphus eggs that, that, that were around but um, uh, Ruth, yeah. I can't, can't really have got any ma- 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 magic thing to say to you on that one uh, uh, it's Thank it's you, it's well the but, second yeah, question sure. I
5: have for you yeah. um, and I keep missing, I know they've um, been asked before on the program. Yeah. Uh, when it comes time for the the copper type spray sure,
2: yes. for the
5: stone fruit, well, i yes. um, mm. um, after an organic one if there is such a thing.
2: Yeah, well, generally the copper sprays are allowed in uh, for the organic good gro- growers. Uh, I suppose you don't want to you know, build, build, build up too, too, too much co- co- copper in your soil over the years because oh. it tends to stay, stay there. A bit. But, but they're the only ones that I know for preventing <coughs> leaf curl of nectarines and, pe- yeah. and, and yeah. Over, over peaches. And we in the commercial thing, we'd put one of those copper sprays on in middle of July. And then towards the end of July, we'd put another on that, that would keep you know, things under control. That mm. uh, Co- side is the uh, one that's easy to mix these days, and probably you know your your, yeah, your, your, yeah. Be, your your best way to do it. You've got to you know get a good day when it's uh, yeah. uh, the. Uh, the, the, the spray is going to dry. We wouldn't put it on after three, three o'clock in the winter time because in three o'clock in the afternoon, otherwise it might mm. just stay wet on the, on the tree. And a fine day with a little bit of br- br- breeze, you know, you don't get a lot of those days. But you got to pick, pick, pick your day and spray middle June and in, end of July, and that, that controls it. Yeah. You know.
5: Yeah. Mm. All right, then. Well,
2: thank Good. you anyway. Good, I was just, yes, just wondering if uh, there was just uh, some uh, 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 solution. Uh, uh, Anyone out there in the in, uh, right land that's got some ideas for a preventative, i not be glad to hear it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Ruth. Thank you. Uh, bye. Okay, bye. bye.
0: Now, we've had a couple of queries from the outside line. Uh, Graham, this first one's for you. A um, listener's rung in and asked if you could describe how to prune a kumquat.
2: Yeah, Gen- generally the citrus trees we'd pr- 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 prune them in uh, December, uh, maybe end of November. December is a good the, t- the tim- timing thing is, is fairly important. They're just starting to grow then, and you you, uh, you don't rob yourself of too much t- to too much fruit. Uh, it's you know I suppose it uh, depends what you want to achieve, achieve. They don't have to have a lot of pr- pr- pruning, They'll make a reasonable shape to shape themselves. I suppose if one limb is starting to dominate sort of thing, it's always a good thing to cut that one back so bring, 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 bring it back to size. If you want to make a nice ball of it, you you prune it a little bit more regu- regularly sort of thing with them. Just tip yeah, pruning and to y- shape y- y- it. Y- y- yeah 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 sure yeah yeah. Um, but, yeah, they don't need a lot of pruning. No. Do they, really a no they don't. No, no, no. It's, it's I don't remember the last trees. time I cut mine. No, no, no. no. <laughs> I don't think I've ever yeah. pruned a
0: kumquat, yeah. to be yeah. honest. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. With with our lemon trees at home, co- commercially we grew so many hundred <laughs> hundred lemon trees in the old orchard days, and about all we would do, we, we would skirt, skirt prune, as we called it. We didn't want the, oh, the, yes. the, the, the the fruit to be on the ground sort of thing. So you, you'd go yeah. around. Just, just yeah, lift yes, it. Yeah. Lift it. Yep. like that. But, uh, yeah, I think December is a good time to, 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 to look at your tree and see if it needs any, any, any forming. And uh, like Simon said, it, it's often, it, it doesn't need too much at all.
0: Yep, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, the other one, and this is directed at both of you, um, a listener wants a recommendation as to um, which garlic to plant now. <laughs> Well, I mean, the sky's the limit.
1: <laughs> yeah, you can plant any garlic, so I don't see that as being an issue. Um, I'm using the one that I got, the organic garlic, garlic I got from up in the Nongs at Tesla's about three or four years ago, called Rouge something or another. Uh, I can never remember the name. Uh, but it's a, it's a French garlic. It's got mm-hmm. the slightly sort of burgundy color to the, or purpley color to the yep. skin. Um, It stores well. Uh, I mean, the garlics that are still hanging in the shed are still in perfect condition, and now they haven't started to shoot or anything. Yep. So I'm still using up last year's garlic. Um, uh, But for me, it's always about um, adjusting your garlic to your soil. So it doesn't matter which garlic you're planting, in a sense, but you need to replant the same garlic that you grew last year, so you keep some of the crop back to replant into the garden Mm, because the garlic seems to adjust Mm. to your soil. Uh, And once you've got a garlic that's happy in your soil, I mean you'll have your up and down years because of climate and water and all that sort of stuff. But generally speaking, that garlic is then adjusted to your ground and you should, in, in theory, get good crops every year. And mine are beautiful. I get, you know, garlic bulbs really that are really size. big yeah, bulbs uh, with lots of lovely yeah, big fat yeah, cloves yeah, in yeah, them, yeah, well, which yeah. makes for much easier mm. cooking. Mm. Mm. Um, and well, 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 I can't remember the name of it, but it was mm, Rouge to something yeah. or another, and I'm sure if Penny were listening in, she could quickly tell us which yeah, one it was. Yeah,
2: no, but that's sorry. I think give, 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 give the lady Penny's uh, 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 internet uh, web page thing... I think. She, she's the whiz on garlic, isn't she? My gosh, she knows so much about it. But I've, I got a pur- purpley one from D- 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 Diggers. I don't know the, the, the name of it, but that became big. How do you store them, mate? Do you, do, I, do you, I uh, don't uh,
1: plait yeah. them because I'm hopeless at that. Yeah, I, was one <laughs> one I tried another. that okay. one year, but it, it didn't really work terribly well. They looked silly. So I just bunched them up in, in bunches of ten bulbs and I tie a bit of baling uh, twine or, uh, or sisal string around the top of them yeah. and I hang them in the woodshed yeah,
3: uh, and then as yeah. I need
1: one I just break a, a bulb yeah. off the bottom yeah. um, mm. and um, mm. that's all I do. They've got plenty of air, mm. they're in the shade, mm. uh, they're not too hot. Um,
2: mm. uh, T- timing for harvest, I think. You, you well, once the leaves over. fall over, F- fall over, yeah, is when I really start to think good.
1: about it. Actually, I pulled them out a little early this year because I needed to get another crop in, and it didn't yeah. seem to make any difference. I mean, they they were starting to yeah. keel over, but they were still very green, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I needed to get them out. In fact, I've got a funny feeling I was going away or something too, so if I didn't get them out, I was going to be running really late by the yep. time I got back. So sometimes mm. you have to work with the timing that you've got. Yep. Uh, but they stored perfectly well. And the other
0: thing is that if we're going to suddenly get a, a whole heap of rain, you're better to pull them out a little bit early. Exactly. Otherwise they'll rot off. Well, we
1: did have a lot of rain right through till Christmas. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Oh, this last rain. A bit so, right. Uh, That's right. Yeah, yeah. And so it did stay damp <laughs> for a long time, and I <laughs> think that my garlic was still looking too fresh, and it should yep. have been starting to collapse by then, yep. uh, and so I took it out anyway, yep. and um yeah, yep. you're right if it's gets if you get a really wet summer, it'll just rot your garlic off mm-hmm. in the ground if you, if you don't get yeah it the out. other
0: thing is if you've got a neighbor who's growing some garlic and getting good results, well, they're already you know yeah. in in your yeah. environment, your yeah, soil environment, so yeah. 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 I'm sure they wouldn't mind giving you... And it really
1: doesn't matter what variety you're planting as long as it's adjusted to your soil Mm. and it's a variety you like the flavour of Mm. uh, and a good storer. Mm. So if it's one that stores well, and certainly this one I've got stores exceedingly well, so it keeps me in garlic pretty well all year round. Mm. I mean, there's that funny little period when the garlic stored in the shed starts to shoot, which I still use it madly, but it's a little harder to use and I don't know that the flavour's quite so good uh, before the next crop's ready to pull out of the ground. Mm. Yep, but really, I right. have garlic pretty well all year round. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For our, for, sorry, for, sorry for, for,
2: for our listeners out there, it's, uh, it's an, such an easy easy way to go. You know, you get one big uh, bulb of garlic and you just strip off the little cloves. And what would you get, 10 or 12, 12 yeah. cloves? Ten or 12 cloves in a bulb as yeah, a yeah, rule. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And each of those cloves, you pop them in the ground, uh, about a half an inch under, under the ground. And away it goes, that's very good. Better than bank interest rates. I oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the thing I was, I was going to say
0: too, um, you, can't, you can't plant... Um, cloves of garlic that you've bought from the supermarket because they've got a a sprouting inhibitor sprayed on them. They won't sprout for you. But if you want to go... um, If if you've tasted one you really like... and it's come from an organic um, fruit and veggie shop, yeah.
3: you, can um, plant that. you can
0: plant yeah, that one. Yeah, or yeah, if you go yeah. to a farmer's market and they've yeah, been yeah. selling um, organic garlic, yeah, yeah, again, true, you true, can plant true, that. True, 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 That's a yeah. very good
2: point. Right, this, this year, I was dead down in Cam- 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 Camberwell, and there was a uh, Chinese organic Sh- shop there and they had Australian garlic, sort of thing. Yes. So I bought a couple of these big, 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 big clothes. I thought taking a bit of a risk, I those, uh, you know, organic, and they shot up like beauties yes. you know, yeah. you know, about no, there. No, that's fine. Yeah,
1: so, yeah, so that's one way of going. And of course, pe- people like Diggers and a lot of those other sort of companies probably knew Gippsland Seed Farm. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, all those sorts of organic uh, Growing vegetable crop people They all have their varieties of garlic Oh they do In fact diggers
0: diggers have They keep adding to their varieties They've yeah. got a huge range yeah. now yeah, right. yes, yes,
1: yes, You get yes, completely yes. and utterly confused by Oh choice. you do <laughs> <laughs> I know I started off with about three or four There was one Penny gave me at one stage That was a, again a purple one and I, Something dynamite I think it was called uh, And it was a nice garlic too But in the end I found that I was getting them all muddled up anyway everything was getting in a mess in the garden and this one sort of stood out as working well in my garden so I've just moved over to that
0: garlic I think that's fair enough Yeah,
1: and, yeah. and it seems to work for me it certainly has the last three or four years mm. I've always had more garlic than I can use mm. uh, so some of my friends have been um, the uh, recipients of my largesse uh, and because yeah. <laughs> um, I always put in about 100 cloves because yep. I fill a bed Yep, and it takes about a hundred cloves to fill one of my veggie beds. Right, because I've fallen for the trap of filling a small area, and then you plant something next to it, and it grows over the top of your garlic and yes. mucks your garlic up. Yes, so yes. I dedicate a garlic bed. Well, day they, day.
0: they do not like um, weeds of any sort. They no. don't want their roots crowded in any way. No, no, they do so, need their own space. So yes,
1: mm-hmm. I'm assiduous about getting in there and hand weeding when mm-hmm. stuff starts mm-hmm. to come up. Yep. Uh, how,
2: how far apart would you plant them? Oh,
1: what do I put my garlic apart on? Oh, the old measurement's about six inches, I suppose. Mm-hmm rows uh, about yeah, eight yeah, inches yeah, wide, yeah, or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm never that sort of pedantic mm. about these things. Yeah, I just, okay. you know, yeah. space them, mm. you know, and that yeah. seems to work. Mm.
0: I, I know aficionados each have their their own particular flavour garlic um, that, that they like, but I went crazy like Stephen one year and planted oodles of different varieties, you know, just to try them all and yeah. to be quite honest, um, I think if you've got one you have
2: to do it. I mean I think you've
1: got to be a wine connoisseur of
2: garlic. I think you do. (laughs) uh, I
0: mean for for my needs (laughs) I just if I want some garlic I just want some garlic and that's all there is to it. Yeah, once it's in a
1: recipe I'm not altogether sure that you can taste that much difference.
0: The only the only thing that I really do like having in the house and it's it's not a true garlic at all, is your elephant garlic. Um which is actually a member of the leek family. Yeah. But I like that because it's golf ball size and Mm -hmm. they roast. Brilliantly, they're a very gentle um, flavour, but they're fantastic if you roast them and spread on toast, or you know, nice. on baked potatoes, or yes, <laughs> yeah. they're Yum, wonderful.
1: Yeah. And they're a good garden plant too because they bring bees in and all that. Yes, sort of thing because you actually flour. get your, your, yeah, you, your yeah, you get the big flower heads, so the big flower heads, yeah. so, so nice um, for picking. Yeah, yeah, they're wonderful. So yeah, so I th- I think the elephant garlic is quite a useful plant.
0: I do too. Yeah, but anyway, there you go. Okay, we've got a couple of listeners to get to. First up, we're going to Robert in Mitcham. Good morning, Robert.
1: Whoops. No. But we seem to have lost Robert.
0: We do seem to have lost Robert. Robert, mm-hmm. if you ring us back, we'll, um, we'll try and pop you through straight away. We'll go to uh, John, who's in Blackburn. Good morning,
8: John. Oh, good morning. Uh, I have two quick questions. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first one's avocados. I'm Our soil's very badly drained, and I'm trying to grow an avocado in a pot. I've got one from Diggers, called, a, v- a variety called Wurtz, which it said yep. would work in a pot. Yes. Uh, it's been in the pot for about nine months, medium-sized pot. It's growing so vigorously, but mm. it looks as though it's growing too vigorously. It's, the, uh, the branches are all green. It's put out three very long branches that are more or less horizontal. Um, <laughs> and meanwhile, the top's sort of flopping over a bit. And yeah. the, the only fertiliser it, it's had is what was in the potting mix. And mm. I'm wondering what I should do next particularly should I should I prune it and if so how
2: yeah yeah, sure yeah how how, how big's the pot there uh, oh it's probably
8: about uh, maybe 50 centimetres by
2: 50 centimetres, it's a of still bordering pot. It might uh, tend to grow out of that pot. Uh, we, Worts, I think, has got the, 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 the name for being the, the, the smallest of the, of the varieties, so you're on, yeah, on the right yeah, thing yeah. to gr- grow it in a pot pot. But, uh, yeah. You know, generally with the evergreens, you don't want to prune this time of the year in that if you prune, they tend to shoot out a little bit of new growth and that new growth is vulnerable to frost. Mm. So I would, I would tend yeah. to leave, leave the foliage until, you know, to get it back into a bit of shape about uh, September, October. I think we might, might be your best go there. Yep. But I think you've got to take those, you know, I, I know you get, this you know what we used to call it like water shoots in the old orchard days, and they get onto a sep supply and away they go, and they get too too long for their own good. They'll sort of you know what w- 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 down. Uh, I, but I would, I would you know, get, get into a bit of shape. Uh, come uh, September October would be would be, would be my advice there. Uh, you, you can come back quite a little, quite a bit on those uh, those long long laterals to get 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 into shape. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Thanks.
8: And the other question was coffee grounds. The the local council um, yeah. set up a system a few years ago for people to collect veggie scraps from cafes to use in compost. Nice. And uh, I've, I'm getting stuff from two cafes, and one of them um, I like get nicely balanced mix of coffee grounds and and. Um, um, all sorts of veggies. They're, they're really in the um, the brunch market, I guess. The other place is more in the takeaway coffee market. And I get a, mm-hmm. some mixed up veggie scraps, okay. and I get so many coffee grounds. I just, I'm sure I couldn't put them all in in the compost because the compost would become just too dominated by the coffee grounds and mm. So at the moment I'm just accumulating them and I'm wondering what can you do with a very large amount of coffee grounds in, in a garden?
1: I'd sprinkle them over the garden. Yeah, the uh, I wouldn't thing. put them through the compost necessarily. Okay. Um, yep. But don't put them down as a thick layer because it tends to sort of mat. Yep. Um, so it's a bit like wood ash from the fire. Um, you put it down like you're salting something, you don't put it down like you're putting an ingredient. Right. So, it's more like salt than flour, if that makes sense. That's fantastic, you've solved <laughs> so, my problems. There. Yeah, so mm-hmm. if you sprinkle it all around the garden, you can't do any real harm. Mm-hmm. The coffee grounds are supposed to be somewhat uh, snail and slug. I was guard about repellent. to say that, yeah. Um, I haven't really mm-hmm. tested that out for myself yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, and because it's a clean product, so it's not going to have any weed growth or anything like that in it, uh, it can be part of your sort of mulching regime. But but just make sure you don't put thick layers of it down.
9: Okay, terrific. And thank if there's you, a few veggie scraps through it,
1: it doesn't matter. Okay,
9: mm. brilliant.
8: Okay, okay, Bye. thanks a lot
2: got a bit of nu- nu- nutrition in the coffee grounds.
1: And it's organic, so it's, exactly. got, it's got humus, it'll sure. create humus. Yeah, I mean, yeah. uh, I think our caller is quite right, that you don't want to overdo any particular thing in your compost. So, yeah. I mean, I throw all my orange and lemon peels in the compost, I throw my onion skins in the compost, mm-hmm. uh, I throw all sorts of stuff in the compost, but I don't generate such a large quantity of any of those yeah. things that it actually disbalances yeah, anything. Okay. Yes. So if I was putting a trail Load of orange mm. peels in my compost, then bottom. you might have problems. Then I could have yeah, problems, so yeah, anything in moderation. So I'd use some of the mm, coffee grounds in the compost, mm, mm, uh, mm, but the rest of it I'd sprinkle mm, over the garden. Yep,
2: yeah. all that stuff, all organic stuff for your garden. And if you're getting it's it for a, it's free it's close a, by, you should yeah, knock it back. Oh, no, fantastic! It keeps the microbes and the the worms and everything going. You know, yes, organic matter you can get into the garden, the better. And it makes your garden smell like coffee, so you possibly don't. That, that's an that early morning, morning coffee. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, I believe we do have uh, Robert in Mitcham back. Good morning, Robert.
9: Good morning. Let's yeah. try again. Okay, okay we're there. We're through. Oh. Welcome back to the travellers.
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> the
9: uh, main question, uh, mainly for Graham, probably uh, a kumquat, a megami that we bought from you some years ago. Oh. It's got uh, a attacked by possums and mm. the, the, the trunk-stripped... It back to the stage where it uh, it just died back, the whole whole thing died back.
3: Got yeah. I finished
9: up in desperation, just cutting it back uh, to about five inches above uh, what certainly to me seemed to be the graft. Yeah, right. It's uh, developed a side chute. Yes. Oh, from that, that's grown mm. up about two foot before it branches. Mm-hmm. It's got yes. great big leaves though. The leaves are about seven inches by about
2: two and a half inches. Is it thorny? The the, the no, shoot that it's came. That's the one. Okay. It sounds a, like it's above the graft, but the yeah, plant's just uh, growing vigorously because yeah, it's got a big root system. Yeah. That 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 that's uh, that, that's, uh, that's the case I think. Okay. Uh, you, you would see a graft union, so you you're yes. aware that it hasn't and come up be, below that union. It's Above the union
9: well, it, uh, yeah. uh, as as it comes through the ground uh, there's a, yeah. a, a the big uh, base that's about yeah. two inches
2: yeah good.
9: And then, Above that, it had a, a fork, it had yes. two branches
2: okay, on it. Oh, good, yeah. Uh, yeah.
9: Uh, one of those died back completely, <laughs> The other yeah. one, uh, about five inches above yeah. that yeah. Uh, yeah. As yeah. where it's developed the shoot. And I was yeah. pretty yeah. confident that
3: uh,
2: mm. it was uh, you know, certainly above the. Above yeah, the yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a, yeah. a very strange looking growth. Yeah, you just got to try, try You'd have to bring that back sometime again, like we we're saying with the avocado. Probably best to to, to, to chop it to so, so September, October. Uh, to to cut it back, get some branching and get get a bit of shape in it. Otherwise it's gonna be a you know, a spire that goes up and it's a, a bit a, bit ridiculous. Because is it
9: likely like likely to be a kumquat? or is it
2: be a little nagami no no worries. Just because it's has got so much sap in drawing up it's it's got a big root system and a little you know, either either the it'll it'll the tops minimal so you know you're getting a, 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 a fast fast growth on that and uh, you ch- chop ch- chop chop chopping back and get some sh- get some shape and keep the possums off in the in the yeah, a bit but, a bit. Uh, yeah, yeah, the,
9: the, it's grown up straight, straight about two foot,
2: then it's branched off. It's yeah, got about four or five
9: yeah.
2: branches at the top. Yeah, well, then you've got to work out, you know, what sh- sh- shape you want it at sort of thing. Two foot's not, not such a bad uh, yeah, place, yeah, place to, to to start to spread spread out. That that that, that could 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 work for you. But it's, I I love the the old Marumi one is the uh, the round one. I think I've got mm-hmm. that right. And the game is the ov- oval shaped yeah, one. That's correct. Yeah, yeah. yeah. the oval shaped one. I. Had, Trouble of going to be in, in a pot and it, you know, about four, four or five years it, it didn't fruit for me, but must have looked after a little bit better, and I'm getting. Just a load of them at the, at the moment. There, they're just a screen. Last last year, I got another, a, 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 another good crop. You, you pop the whole thing in your mouth, a little Nagami n- kumquat, and they're really mm. t- tasty, skin, skin and all. So you don't pop the yeah. whole
1: thing in brandy, then?
2: No. <laughs> oh, I would. <laughs> a, 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 <laughs> yes. sli- a slug, of brandy, wouldn't you reckon? <laughs> well, <laughs> oh no, no, <laughs> brandy and sugar and make kumquat liqueur is brilliant and then you can yeah. use the
1: kumquats on, on ice it. cream. Oh yes, no, best way use come <laughs> great minds think alike Stephen <laughs> okay now Robert you
0: had another query
9: yes, uh, uh, does,
2: does Graham have an outlet those days do you go to market no, oh, no <laughs> I, 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 he's too busy travelling around the world I'm sorry but there he goes too busy yeah. yeah Robert right. You yeah, know, I still. Yeah, anyway. yeah, you I you didn't re- give
9: your phone number out before if you wanted to repeat it. Just, uh, <laughs> yeah,
2: okay. Oh, I've got it uh, now. I'm, I'm not, you know, I haven't got plants for sale these days. Oh, that, that, I'm trying right. try, try okay. to get, get a balanced life. I've got my tra- travel, I've got bowls, and I've got my garden. So well, that sounds yeah. fantastic. <laughs> <you> know, having <laughs> a, a good, yeah. Uh,
9: yeah. A good yeah.
2: retirement. Yeah, that's, a, that's oh. a, so much so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh,
9: just uh, one, one final thing. Uh, uh, a normal quince, when do you. How do, how do you
2: prune it to get fruit yeah uh, it 's a champion I think I saw on the thing the, the, the champion in smyrna i 've got a smyrna at home uh, it 's a you know a winter prune, prune again because they 're deciduous, of course, but uh, they, they tend to be a bit you know, when they 're young long and laterally, and you 've got to really bring bring them back you know but maybe. Cut a third of the top, of the, 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 the top or the branching out, and that gives you a bit of shape in the future. Is it, is it an old, old old tree, Robert, or young?
9: It's no. Relatively
2: young, no, I yeah. certainly wouldn't say that it's old, it's uh, yeah, one we grew right. from uh, yes. cuttings and
9: it tends to suck a lot blazes. Yeah, that's always a bit of a problem isn't
2: it? Yeah, but they uh, come, Do they come on the grafted stock at all? Yes they do. You can buy grafts. Yeah, they do. do, do. I'm not too sure what the st- stock no, stock I don't is. Know what the stock stock is there. But uh, no, in the nursery, we, we sell them as a grafted tree, and you would find grafted trees in there. Yeah, yeah, and, and the and grafted
1: and trees and yeah. don't tend to have that same suckering propensity as cutting grown ones. Because my quince tree in the garden's got a, a yeah. clean
2: trunk yeah, yes, yeah, uh, yeah, up to about
1: a metre and a half tall. And I don't prune it much. I mean, I thin it out occasionally, but really, I let it do its own thing. The problem I have is I never get any fruit anyway because the cockatoo's clean. Okay, mm-hmm.
2: mm-hmm. it's a long... From flower to fruition, the quinces are just starting to ripen now, really. Yeah. It's, it's a, a long time for well, the, the, the birdies to. But
1: they're not a tree that needs a sort of no, a, no. a proper prune like an apple or no, a plum or anything, are
2: they? No, 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 that's true. That's true. I mean, and I quite like a, we, a,
1: a quince that sort of billows out. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. know, I think it's, yeah. there's something very pretty about a quince yeah, yeah, tree yeah, yeah, if it's left yeah. alone a
2: bit. Yeah. No, rather attractive flower. I think that's yeah, yeah. lovely. Mm, lovely perfume fossils, flat too flat, um, Yeah, I like quits yeah, yeah. I think they're a beautiful treat I, I just wish to, the yeah. cockatoos didn't like yeah. them so much I hope there can be some help to you the, 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 the area, Robert uh, yeah.
9: uh, there you well, well, well I've just uh, brought in one, one final question there and actually we uh, yes. we got from uh, you some years ago and you did a yes. wonderful yes. job grafting all sorts of
3: oh, yes. pairs <laughs> onto
9: it. But, uh, it, it it doesn't fruit very much though no can I?
2: Mm. Uh, should I cut it back very much and what should we say there's a general rule with the a lot of people think that, you know, you cut back to get the fruit, but the less you prune, the more fruit you're likely to get, really, you know. Oh, well, well we should uh, be getting lots of fruit because yeah, I don't you cut. You don't Okay. They're a bit, uh, you know, they take longer to come into fruiting than, say, you know, your nectarines and pe- 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 peaches and oh. stuff. They uh, were About five years before you are sort of getting a, you know, reasonably commercial crop with those, whereas the, Peaches and nectarines, we would, you know, be picking pe- them pe- 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 after, after th- three years, even to the second year and, and the third year. So you've got to be a bit patient with the quinces. Yeah, so yeah. was with, with the nasties uh, or uh, pears generally, sorry, yeah. All right. All right.
9: Well, keep on enjoying that retirement.
2: Yeah, good on you, Robert. Thanks, <laughs> okay, <laughs> again. Bye. Okay, bye. bye. Okay,
0: bye. And uh, next we're going to Bill out in East Doncaster. Good morning,
8: Bill.
9: Good morning. I, I'm sure that my wife Elizabeth wishes Graham hadn't retired. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think okay. a few of us uh, do. <laughs> Graham, uh, Bill Matthews and Elizabeth who's my wife, and we bought yes. a cherry tree from you some years ago.
3: Sure.
9: It has a triple graft. Right. We get modest picking from, uh, from the tree each year. The yes. yeah. question is, one piece is dead. Yeah. What time of the year should we saw it off?
2: Yeah, or... Uh, the uh, uh, ch- 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 cherries are a little bit, what are they, sub subjects? The, the gummosis. G- 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 so, uh, whether there was that, there, there any gumming around with the the, 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 the the dead part at all? Yes, there, I, yes, there you, is, Graham. Yeah, right. Yes, you want to try and I'd get that off as. Quickly as you, you you can, otherwise it tends to infect the, the rest of the tree. Okay, uh, okay. So you take it back to you know certainly green green, green wood if you can, and uh, then you know, even you put a little bit of a mastic or something over the uh, 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 over the wound. Okay. Uh, there's a there's a case for pruning a little bit earlier for. Uh, 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 Cherries and uh, uh, apricots, you know, would, would, wouldn't hurt to prune prun- prun at this stage of the game. Although would yeah, still have a few few, few, few leaves going. Because your other question yeah, was, yeah. what
9: time do we, what season yeah. do we prune the tree?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We used to prune, and, and again, it's a little bit like the quince. You don't need a lot of pruning with with, no. with, with, with a cherry. They tend to make their own own uh, 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 shape. Uh, but. Uh, I, 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 I'd have a go at it now, to tell you the truth. I think that'd be a good time. Yeah. All right. I yeah. shall do that. I shall yeah. tell her to prune it. Right? Yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, she, she's on her way down to a friend's group meeting down at Boinsa Peninsula and she's left me with a question. Ah, right. I'm, I'm the one so you the can, can furnish her with, her her with the her answer, answer up up the <laughs> I think you could at least sharpen the secret to us, have right. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, yeah we've, got, we've got about five pairs, I think. Okay, okay. Okay. And okay, I'll, good on you, Bill. Thank, thank you very uh, much. Bye.
0: And uh, next up, we have Anne in Richmond. Good morning, Anne. Hello. Anne. Uh, I have a question about pruning figs, or a fig. Yes.
4: It's a black genoa. Yes. And the um, branches
5: that are growing over the path and over a pomegranate. Yes. I just want to know.
2: Yes.
5: Is there anything I need to watch out for?
2: yeah uh, if you prune a fig when it's you know got the leaves on you got to watch out for the white I'm la- sorry? La- if you prune a fig uh, when it has the leaves still on uh, you're going to watch out for the white latex that comes out and you know, it's terrible to get on your clothes and stuff so you certainly prune a fig when it's do- do- dormant uh, if you prune a fig uh, too 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 severely you won't get that that uh, sun- sun- that christmas time crop crop so, if you, you leave it, you tend to get uh, that uh, crop and then you get another crop later, later in the year, like uh, feb- yeah. feb- February, March. But uh, I, w- I would leave it, uh, you know, they're very uh, forgiving you. Can't you can't go too wrong with a victory. Uh, but if it's in your way, leave it until, you know, end of June, into July and, and, and prune okay. it, it at that stage. It How doesn't it, matter that
4: they're relatively
2: well at least one of the branches is quite big no you can t- you, you get a saw and saw saw off like like i said they're forgiving you know they'll always shoot out they're a f f f forgiving oh <laughs> <laughs> excuse me <laughs> sorry <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, i hope that's been some some, some help to help to you there oh yeah uh, thank
4: yeah. you very much just uh, yeah. as i said I, yeah. Didn't want to
2: do it any harm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The black chinaros are lovely, a lo- lo- lovely fig to eat, and it's, uh, they're, they're, they're worth keeping. <laughs> I've, I, I've built a cage around mine so that the birdies or possums can't get out, and ah, I get in there and enjoy a real rat. The rat. The rat. Yeah, yes. no, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, practically yeah.
1: everything that uh, moves will <laughs> eat. Oh yeah, <laughs> and lorikeets. Yeah, yeah. Yes. No, no,
2: that's true. Sure.
1: But, uh, we yeah. should get some. Yeah, yes, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Thank you very much. Okay. Bye.
8: Bye-bye.
0: We are running through until 9.15, so if you uh, do want to jump on the phones and ask a gardening question, you've still got uh, or oh, 10 minutes. Uh, the number, 94190155, to speak to Stephen or Graham, or if you'd like to have a chat to Liz on the outside line, 94198377. Oh, plans. 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 We're coming towards, you know, the more dormant time.
1: Oh, yes. And there's oodles to do. Yes. Um, I mean, I did a fair bit of fruit tree pruning before I went away. Right. Uh, okay. uh, quite a lot of my trees I did summer pruning this year or mm. yeah. late summer, early autumn pruning because um, I'm getting sick of them sending up huge water shoots after pruning in the winter so I've started doing a lot more of that sort of thing I've got a huge amount of mess to clean up because of course uh, we're halfway through leaf fall in the garden at the moment and I've oh. been away five weeks so It
0: just keeps coming uh, and okay. coming So, yeah, so there's going to be an awful
1: lot of cleaning up to do um, and ponds to clean of, uh, of duckweed and you know, there's oodles of things to do, Um, but I'm not doing any of that today because I'm off to Bendigo. (laughs) <laughs> so so uh, Plant Trust, which is an organisation we've mentioned before, is having a, um, an excursion today. And it's okay. all f- rather too late for anybody to book. But yep. we're off to Bendigo to have a look at the uh, collections held in the B- Bendigo Botanic Gardens. They hold the Canna Collection and the Lavender Collection. They inherited that from Rosemary Holmes. That's right. Uh, so we're going up to have a look at that. And then we're going out to have a look at somebody's Australian native garden uh, that I'm not familiar with. So that'll be Oh, that'll be good. And we'll be having lunch and all that sort of stuff. So I'm doing that today. So uh um yeah, so Plant Trust is having one of its sort of quarterly mm-hmm. uh excursions that we do and we always try and incorporate a couple of collections that we hold uh into the day's events and and we have uh um Morning tea, lunch, afternoon tea. <laughs> you indulge. <laughs> yeah, we, we have all that stuff. Yeah, we have friends, rhubarb cake as a rule. Uh, so, yeah, so that's what I'm doing today. Um, so that's happening. And whilst we've got a couple of minutes, I'd like to also mention we, we've been talking travel. Um, I am supposed to be going to Madagascar in September. Uh, I think if anybody's interested in going, they need to move uh, as quickly as possible. We need a few more people to get the trip up and running. So if you've thought about going to Madagascar... uh This is a good opportunity. I won't be doing the trip again for another couple of years. Uh, It goes from, I think, the 9th of September to the 1st of October. Uh, And, of course, it's being uh, organised by Australians studying abroad. So you can go into their website. You can also go into my website and you'll be able to go into the tours bit and you can see the itineraries there. Um, And just sort of to give you a heads up, next year I'll be leading tours to Normandy and Brittany and also Chile. Uh, next year and I've already had quite a lot of people showing interest in the Chilean trip particularly um, so keep that in mind you mm. know all those things are coming up but I'd really like to fill the Madagascan tour next because um, uh, it is an opportunity to see a place that is slowly being destroyed it would seem
0: you and I were talking uh. before the the program went to air Stephen and um, I was only listening to a podcast yesterday mm. that's saying the um, the Indri which yeah, we... uh, one of the lemurs one of the many lemurs in mm. Madagascar is seriously under threat yeah. And if you don't take these opportunities to go mm-hmm. soon, I'm 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 really concerned that that some of it is going to disappear forever. Well, the forever.
1: last time I was there in the sort of uh, central to northwest coast area where there's a lot of um, uh, summer deciduous forest up there, they're clearing thousands of acres of it mm-hmm. uh, at the moment, it's just, and it's all illegal clearing, as far as I know, yep. uh, to grow peanuts for China. Oh. You know, I mean, it's just it's just. Heart-rending. Um, so, yeah, so it is one of those places that I don't know whether they'll ever pull themselves back from the brink or not, but at the moment there's still an awful lot of interesting stuff to see, but I'm not sure for how long. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So uh, it is one of those very sad places where things are sort of spiralling out of control a bit. They have fairly poor governmental uh, control over things. Uh, it's very third world. People are trying to exist, mm. so they're clearing forests and burning things and doing all sorts of stuff just to survive day to day. Mm. Uh, and, uh, yes, you just don't know how long it can go on for before the, the whole environment starts to collapse. Mm. So, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so, look, if, you, if you've ever thought you'd like to go, go into the website and have a look at the tour. Uh, we visit such iconic things as the injury which is the largest of the lemurs uh, we visit the um, Bayabab Avenue on the west coast uh, which yeah. is a world heritage site yeah. uh, uh, we visit Isalu National Park and if you saw John Wayne coming around the corner on his horse <laughs> you wouldn't yeah. be at all yeah. surprised <laughs> it's all full of buttes and canyons and stuff it's um, amazing, Oh, incredible place uh, and the last trip I did we saw 16 species of lemurs we saw oh, the smallest to the largest chameleons um, no, yeah. we saw Or the apex predator, the the fusa, which is sort of like an elongated, slightly, sort of like a corgi cat, (laughs) if that makes any sense. Um, And it's nocturnal, solitary and arboreal, so it's not an easy animal to see, but we did see it last trip. Uh, And for me, if I can get the tour up and running, the highlight animal to see this time, because I haven't seen one yet, is Madagascar's giant jumping rat. Oh, that's right. I want to see a giant jumping rat. (laughs) So uh, we will see. But anyhow, it's a great tour. Uh, You don't have to be the world's fittest person but you do have to have a sense of endurance uh, because there's lots of hot dry areas, there's lots of hot steamy areas and there's lots of rough roads with potholes mm. bigger than the car mm. uh, that you have to drive along. So mm. you ne- need a sense of endurance and a little bit of fitness, but you don't mm. have to be a mountain climber or something to deal mm. with it. Um, and it really is an amazing place, and I can guarantee lots of animal sightings.
0: Mm. Oh, gosh, yes. Yeah,
2: but it's a un- rather unique, I think I remember. Uh, it's about eight, 88 million years ago, which is relatively uh, in the geology geology uh, uh, Time warp. It's a very, 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 short, short, short time in, in, in comparison to the other things. But it's separated from the ma- ma- mainland, Madagascar, and of course, uh, because it's separated from the, the from, from from the main, ma- mainland, gradually the the the, the uh, plants and the animals that came across adapted because they're not. Crossing back when you know with the mainland species, yep. species they have their d- different sort of uh, uh, maybe weather weather patterns. They d- 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 different predators, a different different soil. So uh, uh, over those 80 million years, they uh, uh, evolve s- quite differently from mm. the, from the main, ma- mainland species. Mm. So you know you get this yes you would say unique species oh, of a lot, absolutely lot of I mean,
1: if if it's some the, of the species yeah, that have already yeah. gone extinct or Madagascar was still alive they'd be yeah. I mean, it would be a serious place to visit. I mean, there was the giant rock bird, oh, yes. the, yeah. Um, yeah, like, which was the biggest land-dwelling, non, non-flying mm. bird in the world oh, that had the biggest egg that was ever laid. Uh, there were pygmy hippopotamus, yes. their own species. Uh, they had giant ground-dwelling lemurs that was the size of grizzly bears. Oh. Uh, so, yeah. you know, so they've lost quite a lot yeah. of their yeah. animals so, over sure. the last 5,000 yeah. to 10,000 years because yeah. man only got there about uh, 1,500 years ago. So (laughs) it was, you know, the giant rock bird still existed when mankind
2: arrived. They found them very palatable, obviously. Yeah, and they made a feast out of a very (laughs) big bird. Uh, So,
1: yeah, so it's it's a worthy trip to go on. So I'd like to mention that in passing. And we haven't mentioned my last plant. No, I know,
0: we haven't, and we've just got time.
1: Yeah, all right, we better mention it then. This is an interesting Viburnum, uh, Viburnum satigerum from China. Uh, It's a shrub to about two metres. It has an open, airy, layered habit, which I find quite appealing. White flowers in spring, and at this time of the year, masses of orangey-red berries. And (coughs) if it will help you buy one, you can also use the leaves as a substitute for tea. So they do call it the tea viburnum. Yeah. I haven't tried it, I have to say. So <laughs> this, this is only by what I've read. Okay. Uh, but apparently in China they do use it as a tea substitute. Oh, all right. uh, so in a tenuous sort of way, it's edible. Mm. And I think cetigerum is a lovely viburnum. Uh, it can colour well in the autumn, but it hasn't turned yet. And the plant I brought down has got a bit of burnt foliage on it from the heat of summer. But uh, it's a reasonably hardy shrub. Uh, and I've, I like the open airiness of it. So it's mm-hmm. a really interesting yeah, plant. Yeah, yeah, so that's yeah, 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 Viburnum satigerum, yeah, yeah. and it is on our Facebook page. Yes, so and, uh, and the berries are amazing. Yeah, beautiful yeah, yeah, yeah. berries, and they seem to hang on the plant for ages. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Yep.
2: Uh, you'd be proud of me, Pam. in having uh, my lemon verbena tea, tea at home. Oh, good, I I d- 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 dried some leaves. Say, yeah. that's really pellet. I Actually, love we it. had a lot of herbal mm. teas in Morocco. They serve you a
1: lot mint of tea. mint tea mm. with oodles of sugar which in it. Which is so sweet. Yeah. <laughs> but they, I had um, uh, Artemisia tea while oh, I was yes. there. Yeah, which was, uh, which was a bit different. Really? Yes. They that use could... one of the Artemisia species as a tea. It sort of mm. takes a little bit of getting used to, but... Yeah. Oh it would. Yeah. <laughs> and there were there were thyme teas and and oregano tea. Thyme teas.
0: tea I love.
1: Yeah. But I'm
0: not sure about the it. Yeah, well I was about
1: I, I didn't know what it was and I said to the to the guy when he served it to us he, uh, I said you know what does it look like the plant? And he yes, Yes. and he went outside and picked a bit and brought it in and said it's this. Ah. And it looked like one of the fairly common wormwood types. Yes. I
0: mean I I, I have prob- problems dealing with just the smell of wormwood. Yeah. So to me the it's tea not, would
2: not, not, not necessarily well, when you go to Morocco next year, you might
1: get it. To I
2: you might know. have to <laughs> try it. Yeah, you might be surprised. Yeah, oh, I have did. A, Pam uh, from uh, the uh, Susan from L- Lilydale has evenly rang in, and she wanted to know which fruit trees you prune in winter and which pr- pr- you prune in prune in s- summer. Like Simon, Min, uh, Stephen. yes, Stephen mentioned a minute ago. There, you know, you do a summer prune with uh, with, with all, all your trees and to get a bit of shape in and it's a, it's a good thing to do. I could spend uh, half an hour talking about that lot, well, but you uh, can't because we've no, got four no, minutes. Sorry, we've got four minutes. <laughs> <laughs> and, but uh, generally, the uh, the uh, deciduous ones in the winter time. The uh, evergreens, uh, in November, December.
0: Yep. Okay. Excellent. Now we're going to quickly try and get to a couple of callers. We have uh, Jill and East Mulvan. Good
5: morning, Jill. Hi, Pam, Stephen, Graham. Um, did you know that now there's a, a couple of companies that take the coffee grounds from restaurants and then they grow um, they grow a special sort of fungus. Up that, like a coal mushroom in those coffee grounds, bring them back to the restaurant at a lesser price, of course, and then take that week's coffee yeah, grounds
2: as well. You're a lovely, there you go. a lovely circle. Yeah, it's good. Excellent. Yeah.
0: Okay, thanks for that, Jill. That's right, Ben. Bye. Bye.
3: And, all quickly. Uh,
0: yeah. And mm. next we have uh, Val in Hampton.
6: Oh. Morning, Val. Morning, thank you. Quick message. I have a, a uh, Clift a friend... With a cliff top property, with a clump of dodder which is suffocating the plants attached to it, is there a modern spray that's possible apart from pulling it manu- manually away? It,
1: no.
3: It,
6: it's attacking. Is you there can't spray can dodder
1: with a weedicide because it will kill the plant it's growing on as well, because right. they're, they're actually physically attached to each other.
6: Yep. I, know, I know. I understand all about that. I just wonder, is there a modern, any way of dealing with it, apart no. from manually? No.
1: Manually is still the only way to deal with Dotta.
6: Well, it's kind of going up in one of the trees, and so, you know, it's impossible for her to get anywhere near
1: to it yeah well then she may just have to live with it i mean dodder is part of the environment just like anything else i mean it's not a weed per se it's a plant that is a parasitic plant and i mean mistletoes well, are parasitic plants there's there's lots of parasitic parasitic plants out there
3: yeah um, I, un-
6: I understand all about that it was just that i, that I thought you might have something that was modern no. uh, i've only got an old weed thing which is toxic toxic uh, a book on uh, weeds and so mm. I thought you might have
3: something. No, there's, no, there's nothing a,
6: because they're
1: both attached to each other, yeah. what you do to one is likely to have an impact on the other. Yeah,
6: okay. Mm. Thanks a lot.
1: That's no, okay. a pleasure. Bye.
0: Thank
6: you.
0: And very quickly we have uh, Lois in Mitcham. Good morning, Lois. Uh, good morning, Pam, and welcome back to those naughty world travellers.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
3: like <to> <laughs> well, yeah,
2: we behave ourselves very well. Ah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yes, and
4: i tell you what, it's lovely to hear you, Christ.
2: Okay, good on you.
4: Um, excellent. Now, I just want to ask a quick question. Um, the crab uh, apples you mentioned as a pollinator yes. for other yes.
2: uh, yeah.
4: plants, what uh, is the name of that?
2: Well, there's quite a, quite a few yeah. there, gorgeous.
4: Oh, do all crab apples...
1: Yeah, pretty well all pollen? of them will yes. help cross-pollinating, yeah. but if you want a crab apple that you can actually use the fruit of as well, yeah. then yes. gorgeous is a good one, yeah. and yes. John what Downey is another Plena? good one.
3: Mm.
4: What about the Plena?
1: Uh Yeah, well, they, they, yeah. they will sort of work, but the double-flowered ones don't have as much pollen, so no, I don't see that they're good. actually as good a thing to have as the oh. single-flowered no, 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 ones. They don't give you so, the fruit. So,
4: would you mind just repeating, Stephen? John
1: Downey or gorgeous? Yes.
4: Yeah. Oh, that, I can remember that. I yeah, yeah. Remember
1: they're, they're two crab apples that I feel confident <laughs> that <laughs> will do the job, but yeah. you can also use their
3: fruit. Lovely choice. Oh, yes, yeah, yes, yes. I love
4: the fruit um, of the crab mm. apple. I used to make a lot of jelly. Yeah. Mm. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. you okay. do take care, and Pam, you take extra care. Okay, thank and you. look after yourself and as I say, lovely to hear you. Good,
2: good, 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 good you to you. hear from you. Bye.
4: Okay.
0: Bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Uh, Very quickly, Stephen, uh, just a reminder for listeners, you do have a talk um, next Wednesday, um, 7.30 till 9.30, that is being run by the uh, Friends of Melton Botanic Gardens. It's at Botanica Springs Community Centre, 249 Clarks Road in Brookfield. You're going to be talking about rare and unusual plants, particularly yep. those suitable for growing around the Melbourne, the yeah, Melbourne area. Yeah,
1: all that sort of dry yep. western suburbs area.
0: Yep, and you'll also have some plants for sale yep. from Dick's Ernie Rare Plants.
1: I certainly will. Yep,
0: we've run out of time, Again. would you believe. Again, Graham, a huge thank you okay. for coming in. We haven't We're seen great, you for a while no, because so you've been travelling, but yeah, it's great true. to have you back. <laughs> and yeah. me as well. Stephen, yeah, <laughs> definitely welcome back. Um, and, of course, uh, we will be back. next Sunday morning. A big thank you to Doug and Liz who've handled all the phones. But until next uh, Sunday, bye for now. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.